This is the Troll Patrol, live with Justin Freakin'. Welcome to the Troll Patrol, live. Where it is that time of the year, we're doing the countdown to Christmas. Not just on my Christmas countdown coming into the Troll Patrol, but 10 days to uh, the actual Christmas. It was that time of year where we deck the halls and paint our balls. Justin won a Polly. I, you say Polly, I think about our our friend Polly People. Did I say that? Did I say that? I, I might have just been in that stream. <laughs> I think I'm not the only one. Sparkles brought up thirst traps the other day. That channel's a thirst trap. What were we doing? Welcome to the Troll Patrol Live, where we got shit to talk about, we got news to cover. Tragedy in Haiti, I don't want to talk about that. We're going to go over the anniversary of Sandy Hook shooting. I don't want to talk about that. But then we got some fun shit tonight. I promise. Fun shit. We're going to hear a cute little Christmas carol that a woman on TikTok or something or other put together. The right has been going nuts over... Her Christmas Carol. Chris Catan. Do you remember Chris Catan? What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Night at the Roxbury. Mr. Mr. What was Mr. Peepers on SNL? He would grab an apple and he would spit it everywhere. Oh, he's Mango. He's also Mango. On SNL. Chris Kattan is the latest comedian to jump on the anti-woke against cancel culture nonsense as a marketing ploy. Because who the fuck was trying to cancel Chris Kattan? He hasn't been relevant in 20 fucking years. We're going to watch Piers Morgan, the British talk show host. Used to have a show... Here in the U.S., he took over for Larry King at one point in time. We're going to watch Piers Morgan go at it with a plus, 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 plus-sized model. Apparently, he was pretty rude about it. Prince Andrew has called the New York Child Victims Act unconstitutional because I bet he has I wonder I wonder why he might take that uh, stance reverse cancelology <laughs> oh fuck and if you guys watch Saturday Night Live one of the younger cast members Chloe Fineman had a Fantastic impression of Representative Lauren Boebert. Boebert! 
has responded. Feynman has responded to Bobert. We're going to get into all that drama. Apparently, there was some drama on the House floor. Marjorie Taylor Greene <laughs> said something so stupid it evoked a reaction <laughs> from a Democratic member of Congress. Oh, we're going to talk about Trump's taxes. He's got 14 more days. We'll see what's going to happen. The D.C. Attorney General is suing hate groups like the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers. We're going to delve into the texts divulged by the January 6th committee that show that members of Congress was apparently involved in the in the whole January 6th shit going on. First sad news out of Haiti who just they can't catch a break. At least 60 people killed in a Haiti fuel truck explosion. Total number of injured still not known after a truck carrying gasoline overturned around midnight. The truck overturned and exploded in Haiti's second largest city, Haitian. The country's health minister has announced the death toll is expected to rise after the truck carrying gasoline overturned at about midnight. Local hospital was stretched trying to treat the injured, said the mayor. Total number of injured was still not known. We need human resources and also material resources, namely serum, gauze, and anything that can be used in case of serious burns. This is according to the city's mayor, Pierre uh, Yavos. Caribbean Nation has suffered from a wave of violence this year by gangs who for nearly a month prevented fuel trucks from loading at its main fuel point uh, ports. We're, I can't talk tonight, apparently. High enough for this shit. But this is sad. I don't want to toke this kind of a story. Forced many businesses to shut down. Fuel deliveries resumed last month. As rescue workers cleaned up in the aftermath of the explosion, bodies covered in white sheets lay on the ground before they were loaded onto trucks to be taken away. Blast also damaged the front of houses and shops in the street and charred motorbikes and cars. This is according to Reuters uh, journalists. I'll hit the content warning for this. We're going to cover the ninth anniversary of the Sandy Hook Massacre. Oh, first, let's... Take a look at the victims, the poor children that should still be with us today. Six adults felled by the same gunman that killed 20 bright miles. CNN being very flowery with their language here. Nine years later, even those who have never set foot near Newtown, Connecticut, and conjured the scene painted by police by a first uh, of a first-grade classroom turned into a killing field. 
You can see the faces of anguished parents desperate for proof of life, then later tiny caskets overloaded with stuffed animals never to be named. Since the December 14th massacre, a new school has been built for the students of a town known now and for decades to come as a cradle of grief, but also of untold love and quiet resilience. Let's hear from one of the mothers. She gave an interview, All right, on the evening, I think, last night. ...anniversary of the deadly shoot against Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown. Those who were close to the tragedy, which left 26 dead, including 20 children, are reflecting tonight. That includes the mother of one of the first graders killed that day. Fox 61's Tony Terzi joins us live from state police headquarters with more on that. Tony. We're here at State Police Headquarters because... Uh, yeah, sorry. It gets louder. It gets louder right after this, I promise. And they tell you parents... We go back to making fun of dumb fucks. Be on top of your kids' social media. That can help avoid many of these threats that these kids think are cute and giving them a day off. Now, state police with regard to the Sandy Hook tragedy, of course, what the, the first on scene and they'll be impacted forever. But what about the loved ones of the victims? Well, today, I mean, there is a problem with people calling in threats and shit, but like, I don't think pranks are a fucking was one of the victims, but she's managed to turn her grief main problems with this. Positive. Scarlett Lewis says nine years later, she's still amazed at how fresh and raw her pain is. I still cry. Every- there is a difference between a, lo- a local Fox affiliate and Fox News. Action. She created the Jesse Lewis Choose Love movement in memory of her son. Sharing Jesse's story and creating programming that can reduce and prevent the issues that we're seeing including violence substance abuse and mental illness we've had 350 school shootings in the past nine years since sandy hook we've had 28 this year alone 350 among our adolescents but that yale doctor says there's been great progress in the nine years since the sandy hook tragedy in terms of addressing access to firearms by youth and by those who have significant behavioral health challenges but i think what we need to do is sort of now shift gears and look at the thing about this this package is it's really dancing around like the pressing issue it's something that we will never forget that state and you know like i don't high school graduate i don't hold it against a local news organization for not getting into you know it's, the guns are the problem to sandy hook you know this is a this is a human interest story is the angle they're taking coordinator we've been uh, in front of our but boy are they trying to letting them know that we're there we have recently they are indeed trying to assign blame understandably uh, sergeant jeltima even got a little bit emotional during our interview today thinking back to what that day was she said she well, who wouldn't get emotional she couldn't get to sandy hook she was home caring for uh, her fa- for her 2 year old son at the point turned out her brother and sister-in-law are firefighters for the Sandy Hook Fire Department, which is right next to the school, so they were among the first responders at the school that day nine years ago. We're live outside State Police Headquarters, Tony Terzi, Fox 61 News. I don't think I like Tony. I don't think I like Tony at all. 
But God, does that leave a bad taste in my mouth. Remember, kids. Shoot up drugs, not schools. <laughs> I... <sighs> I can see how stations would like him because he was he was very good at like being personable and telling you a story as if like he's your friend at a bar as opposed to being formal and a news on a news station like that I I want a straight up just the facts ma'am kind of news reporter myself And again, like, look at the kind of news reporter I am. I get fucking high and cuss people out and call people dumb fucks. Speaking of dumb fucks, let's talk about Trump. Getting ready to get a big dose of Trump here tonight. Federal judge tosses the Trump lawsuit to block income taxes from being released to Congress. The judge put his ruling on hold for 14 days to give the former president time to appeal. What that means is he's going to try to take it to the Supreme Court and he's got 14 days to do it. Otherwise, we're finally going to see his taxes. Really, for real this time... Whenever the committee releases them, I assume they will. For real this time, like 14 days from now, his taxes are going to be in the hands of the January 6th committee, I think. U.S. District Judge Trevor McFadden said efforts by Trump's lawyers to block the handover were wrong on the law. A long line of Supreme Court cases requires great deference to fashly, uh, fashly, fash, fash, fash. Factually would have been, uh, easier word for me to say there. Facially. Facially. Valid congressional inquiries. Even the special solicitude accorded former presidents does not alter the outcome. McFadden put the ruling on hold for 14 days to give Trump's legal team time to appeal. A spokesperson for Trump did not immediately respond to a request for comment. House Ways and Means Committee Chairman Richard Neal first asked for the tax information in April of 2019, citing a federal law that requires the Treasury Department and the IRS to turn over individual tax returns when demanded by any of the three congressional tax committees. The court is stacked, but I am assuming that the Supreme Court is going to say, no, we're not going to hear this case. And we may get we may, we may get that in the next couple of days. Or they may, because it is a stacked Supreme Court, they're going to run out the clock and they'll do it in 14 days. They'll say, no, we're not going to hear the case. I, I honestly feel like that's what's going to happen. They're not going to hear the case. The lower court ruling is going to stand. He has to turn over his tax returns. 
The Treasury Department refused to provide the documents at that time, with the administration arguing that Congress had no legitimate lawmaking purpose to seek them and that it was simply hoping to find something that would embarrass Trump. Embarrass Trump. That's what uh, Mark Meadows' defense is now with the text messages that we're going to talk about here in just a second. D.C.'s Attorney General is suing the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers over the Capitol attack. It was announced today. The District of Columbia is suing two far-right groups, the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers, for allegedly conspiring to terrorize the city with the violent attack on the U.S. Capitol on January the 6th. You can go watch the New York Times video on the Capitol riot. You will see they point out all of the Proud Boys who are clearly communicating with each other on radios, who were talking about strategy the night before, uh, the Oath Keepers as well. They are in tactical gear. They are all very much organized throughout the rally. The lawsuit was filed by the district's attorney general, Carl Racine, In federal court in Washington, D.C., it accuses the two groups, their leaders, and more than two dozen suspected members of coordinating and plotting violence on January the 6th to disrupt the peaceful transfer of power. In the complaint, we specifically allege that these vigilantes, insurrectionists, and masters of lawless mob conspired, masters of a lawless mob, conspired against the District of Columbia, its law enforcement officers, and residents by planning, promoting, and participating in the violent attack on the United States Capitol. According to Racine, earlier today, our own citizens were hell-bent on destroying the freedoms and ideals on which our country was founded and continues to aspire to achieve. Racine called the January 6th attack a brazen, violent, and deadly attack that traumatized this city, this community, and our country. As I said, claiming it's just a witch hunt to embarrass Donald Trump is now Mark Meadows' line after turning over, what, like 60,000 documents. I might be off on that. It might have been like 6,000 documents. I might be off on the number. It was a hell of a lot. He turned over a shit ton of documents to the... Uh, Roberts has been siding with the liberals on the court. God, I can't find the, I can't find the number here quickly. Laws for thee, not for me, indeed. This is former chief of staff for former President Trump, Mark Meadows. More on with Newsmax. And that's Build Back Better, of course. Mark Meadows is a former White House chief of staff under President Trump, and he joins us tonight. Mark, it's it's good to see you again. We're going to get to Build Back Better. No, it's not. Just a second. But, of course, we obviously have to cover the obvious news tonight, the breaking news that uh, has been all over my Twitter and all over the other networks, of course, as they over-exaggerate the hell out of January 6th. Uh, The committee has voted to recommend that you be charged with contempt of Congress. Uh, It was a 9-0 vote. We're going to listen to the fake Republican Adam Kinzinger here. Go ahead. The fake Republican. Mark Meadows has committed a crime, in this case, a premeditated one. He thought carefully about his actions and actively chose 
to Stonewall, which you can clearly This is indeed Newsmax. Where do you think Mark Meadows would go to? Mark tell his side of the story. Get a favorable interview. For the select committee, for his former... Remember, remember, he is refusing to testify in front of the committee. He's given interviews to Newsmax. He wrote a book. ...integrity of the democratic process. All right, so a, a lot of conservative media runs away from this story. We're not afraid of it here. I think it's a grossly over-exaggerated story, but I also think it was a very bad day for this country. I don't think it's anywhere near what the Democrats think it was. They've got reports of... Well, do tell! ...they say that you gave them that show Fox hosts saying, hey, you know, you got to get this under control. Trump Kennedy is- and Ingram messaged him. What's your response to all this tonight? Yeah, uh, obviously it, it's not a surprising... It's a Jesse Waters ripoff. Uh, you know, we we really need to look at, at, at what it's all about. It, Kinzinger's family is is full of Trumpers. No fucking way. Busted, uh, and yet what they've done is is had a contempt vote. We've tried very hard in a very transparent and accommodating way to share non privileged information. Right. And what we found out tonight is is that not only uh, did for those of you who don't know, Mark Meadows was a congressman. Uh, text the body he used to serve in held him in contempt. The president didn't act. And I can tell you, this is the president did act. This is all about, you know, it's not about holding me in contempt. It's yeah. about coming after President Donald Trump. And sadly, well, yeah. uh, that's what tonight's vote was all about. Well, he attacked the country. I mean, you, you, you've, are you still cooperating? I mean, you initially said you would cooperate. Is there any regret? Is there any decision there by you? you well, we... we uh, we we tried to uh, help uh, in a oh yeah he was hardcore freedom caucus uh, the attorneys I think he came in in 2012 on non-privileged information we said all along we were going to protect the president's executive privilege we continue to do so we will continue to do that yeah. we think that it's a decision that the courts need to weigh in on obviously Congress thinks that I should yeah and like and those text messages that he is downplaying show that it was deliberate in action because he had. Laura Ingram and, and uh, uh, fuck it, who did I say the other one was? Who was the other Fox host? <laughs> Maybe I'm too high for this shit now. Oh, Kilmeade messaged him as well. It was Kilmeade, uh, Ingram. We're gonna we're gonna see it here in a second. Uh, we're gonna we're going to actually watch the hearing where Schiff revealed these texts. Did Hannity message him? A privilege. It's not mine to waive, uh, and and so we're going to honor President Trump's executive privilege claim until the courts. Take oh yeah, it was it was Hannity, Understood. Ingram, and I'm excited. And Kilmeade. Republicans get yeah, no talker. We can take a look at the 2020 <laughs> riots and look at every single thing the Democrats said that stirred all of that. That, up. I'm, that I'm aware of. Country billions of dollars and businesses and lives and everything else. Uh, all right, thank you for answering those questions. I know it's probably not your favorite thing to do, but I want to get back to build back better here. Uh, we got a few minutes left. Uh, the big push is this week. I mean. They're, they're trying to get uh, this thing. That's not what we're talking about tonight. We're going to keep talking about this fucking, these text messages and the coup plot to overturn democracy in this country. Gentleman yields back. Chair recognizes the gentleman from California. Representative Adam Schiff. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I want to pick up Mr. Kinzinger left off. 9,000 pages of records. That is what Mr. Meadows has turned over. 9,000, that's the that's Meadows the number. has asserted no claim of privilege. None. These include thousands of text messages spanning the months before uh, election day, between election day 
and the end of the former president's term in office. Of these documents, I'm particularly struck by messages that come from lawmakers who were sending them to Mr. Meadows in the days around January 6th. My time lawmakers! He won't discuss with the committee. I want to display just a few of the message he received from people in Congress. The committee is not naming these lawmakers at this time as our investigation is ongoing. If we could cue the first graphic. This one reads, on January 6, 2021, Vice President Mike Pence, as President of the Senate, should call out all electoral votes that he believes are unconstitutional as no electoral votes at all. You can see why this is so critical to ask Mr. Meadows about. About a lawmaker suggesting that the former vice president simply throw out votes that he unilaterally deems unconstitutional in order to overturn a presidential election and subvert the will of the American people. Here's another from January 6th as the riot was ongoing. And if we could cue the second graphic. The president needs to stop this ASAP. On the 6th, Mr. Meadows received dozens upon dozens of panic messages like this one from lawmakers and others trapped on Capitol Hill. For people watching at home begging that the White House, that the president of the United States... Don Jr. something to stop the... Message Meadows and not his father. ...react to these cries for help. Whom did he tell? What did he do? And critically... What did the President of the United States do, and what did he fail to do? Mr. Meadows doesn't think he should have to answer those questions. He wants the American people to be left in the dark. Here's the last message I want to highlight, again from a lawmaker, in the aftermath of January 6th. If we could cue graphic number three. Yesterday was a terrible day. We tried everything we could in our objection to the six states. I'm Watchlin. Sorry, nothing worked. The day after a failed attempt, I, he ran off Chris Wallace. Power through violence, an appeasing his fans. I assume. Chief of staff, I'm sorry, nothing worked. That is chilling. We were. They like, tried to overturn democracy, and that was a congressperson. Mr. Meadows' behavior and his refusal to do his moral duty shows why we need stronger tools to enforce congressional subpoenas. It's an issue I've worked on for years. But in the absence of those changes, we will use the tools that we have. And I expect the Justice Department to move as swiftly in dealing with Mr. Meadows as it did with Mr. Bannon and prosecute him. But that's not, but, 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 but they're not going swiftly. The trial is set for July. You said swiftly. You said swiftly. <laughs> that's not swift at all. And, and thank you, Chairman Thompson. This is Liz Cheney this morning. And uh, all the members of the committee. As the chairman said, um, it gives us no, no pleasure to be here again uh, and to be here dealing with the recommended referral of criminal contempt uh, of a former colleague of ours. We understand it's a serious matter and it's a step we wouldn't be taking if it weren't necessary. We oh, but he's on Newsmax like saying, oh, oh, they're just trying to embarrass President Trump. That's all. We'd engaged in weeks and weeks of discussions with Mr. Meadows' counsel. We'd worked very diligently to try to reach agreement on cooperation. We'd scheduled a deposition uh, at a time and a day 
uh, of Mr. Meadows' choosing. Um, but shortly before the deposition was to occur, Mr. Meadows walked away from his commitment to appear, and he informed us he would no longer cooperate. As the chairman noted, we think Mr. Meadows is improperly asserting executive and other privileges. But this contempt proceeding relates principally to Mr. Meadows' refusal to testify about the text messages and other communications he admits are not privileged. He has not claimed and he doesn't have any privileged basis to refuse to answer our questions about these texts and about these topics. I'm just going to talk about three areas that are critically important to our investigation about which Mr. Meadows has turned over materials that are non-privileged and about which he's compelled to answer our questions. As the violence was underway on the 6th, it was evident to all. But we know... Oh, it sure was. We were watching it live. President Trump refused to act. I could not believe what I was seeing. His action was required, it was essential, and it was compelled by his duty, compelled by his oath of office. Mr. Meadows received numerous text messages that he has If you guys weren't with me for January 6th, I had like a really cool setup. Like it was so neat because I had both chambers... Uh, on this because I was over here like on the 4K screen, right? You get some, you get you a shot of my Nelly Furtado wallpaper. But like I had like the top one was the the House and the bottom one was the Senate, and I could take the sound on either one. And then like I had to set up on the other on this screen, which I usually use to show shit. I had to to set up. What was going on outside? We had like like somebody like had a live feed we were watching of of all this shit. I think it might have been the the hill. Just had a live shot of all the shit going on on this on the steps. Uh, who hasn't heard about the thing that Hassan did? I I really could care less to be honest with you. Other than the fact that you know, hey, there's twenty, thirty, forty thousand. People that like some leftist twitch that are floating around out there that may need a place to hang out. I see word. I maybe there's more going on that I don't know about. I I really don't. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit about drama. We're, we're talking about the fucking news here. I don't give a shit about personality drama. Canceled my ass. We're anti-cancel culture around here. I want to let people talk so that we can hear the stupid shit they say. I mean, I'll say the word. I've said much. Okay, here's the thing. I've said much worse words than that on this stream. I'm just not big enough to have people constantly reporting me. So. I would have never in a million years. I... What, you gonna report me? You want? 
got you guys got me all like was Liz Cheney not fucking interesting bitches was a coup on the country not interesting to talk about we had to talk about Hassan <laughs> who was on fucking everything today I pro I could have I could have messaged Hassan and probably got him on the troll patrol tonight just because he wanted to come on and tell everybody about getting banned. Oh, uh, don't be offended. I like us on. I just like I'm not gonna like wade into like nonsense. I'll leave that up to you, crazy crackers. To take action. I read a number of those last night to the nation. Here are a few others from Republican members. Oh, I fucked the camera up when I did that. Bad up here on the hill. Another one: the president needs to stop this ASAP. Another well, one. Well, I heard him detail the. F- now. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Liz. Sorry, I heard him detail what it was he ranted about on YouTube, not on Twitch. <laughs> And it's like, I, I agree with his rant. Like, I, I don't know. I found, I found it and like, it's not just Hassan, it Vosh. Vosh was talking about Hassan. Now, and here's the crazy thing is I was in Hassan's stream last night. Was I, I don't follow Vosh, but I follow Hassan. And like, I, I think when I got off or maybe before I went on. And he had like like twenty two thousand in his room. And I'm like, oh, let me let me pop in and see you know, see what he's doing and and check in on him. See what see what his streams like. And he had like people over and they were eating dinner or something around the table. They were just kind of like chilling. So I don't know when the cracker thing happened. like some shit some crackers <laughs> oh fuck and as we saw last night dozens of texts including from Trump administration officials from members of the press from Donald Trump Jr urged immediate action by the president Donald and Trump Jr hours passed with no action by the president to defend the congress of the united states You were probably rooting for the insurrectionists, weren't you, Warlord? Which was an official proceeding. Over over there in the UK, cheering on the insurrectionists. On a key question in front of this committee, did Donald Trump, through action or inaction, corruptly seek to obstruct or impede Congress's (laughs) official proceeding to... The British helped land it. They were... Mr. Meadows' testimony will inform our legislative judgments on those issues. But Mr. Meadows has refused to give any testimony at all, even regarding non-privileged topics. You were just laying in wait. ...of Congress. And let me pause and just note that we as Republicans used to be unified on this point. In terms of what happened on January, being British, I'm still trying to figure out who blew up Parliament. Had to stop it. We all remember, every one of us, what Republican Legion. Leader McCarthy said on the floor of the House. 
the following week. Quote, the president bears responsibility for Wednesday's attack on Congress by mob rioters. He should have immediately denounced the mob when he saw what was unfolding. Nader! These facts require immediate... What, are we going all the way back to 2000 and saying Nader caused Gore the election in 2000? That caused, like, that caused this whole domino effect that got knowledge manifested itself in January the 6th? Because, like, there's a case to be made for that. Speaking of domino effect, I just happen to have this meme handy. I think I'm going to start doing like meme of the day and when I flip over from the intro screen it's going to be like meme of the day. The Nader fly effect. I liked that movie. A lot of people didn't. I think Sparkles told me she didn't like that movie. Okay, okay, you may find Liz Cheney boring, but how about how about we go to Representative Jim Jordan and listen listen to this dumb fuck defend Mark Meadows. How about that? How about that? The gentleman from Ohio is is recognized. By the way, I I will never not take the opportunity to point out that Jim Jordan uh, was told about sexual abuse at the college where he was an assistant wrestling coach and did nothing about it and possibly helped cover up the abuse. Uh, thank you, Madam Speaker. Democrats prevent Republicans from serving on the... We state. are at 800,000 of the official count of COVID deaths Democrats try as of yesterday. They try to pack the court... They do secret impeachment hearings in the bunker in the basement of the Capitol, and they just said a naval veteran is afraid of the truth. And now today, now today they are destroying executive privilege. I mean, we know Jim Jordan's afraid of the truth. To assist the president must be free to explore alternatives in the process of shaping policies and making decisions. And to do so... But that's shaping policies like foreign affairs and shit. ...except privately. The court further stated presidential administrations of both parties have asserted that president's close advisors are an extension of the president. Who Was are these close wrestler? advisors? Who are these individuals who are an extension of the president of the United States? Well, there's you. a bunch. You! Certainly the three most important are the national security advisor, the White House counsel, and the chief of staff to the president. And I would argue the chief of staff is the closest of the oh, he's talking about people that might be able to claim privilege. Commander in chief than anyone else. I was like, you were an extension of Trump in Congress. Why do we have it? Why is the decision-making process between the president and his closest? Well, that's the whole chuckle fuck contingency. Why is that? Well, guess what? Supreme Court told us the answer to that one too. Quote, executive privilege serves the necessity for protection of the public interest in candid, objective, and even harsh opinions in presidential decision-making. Grandstanding Jim Jordan. Serves the I like the alliteration interest. there. It's for us. It's for we the people. Oh, keeping Trump's communications about trying to overturn democracy is for us. He's doing it for us. But the Democrats... They're not going to worry about that. They're going to forget about that because they think this is good politics. They think this is all about politics. They used to care. They used to care about executive privilege when Republicans wanted information. During the Fast and Furious scandal, 
President Obama asserted executive privilege for bureaucrats at ATF and DOJ. And think about it. Holder refused to testify. Federal agency gets privilege. I was getting that too. And you guys lost your fucking minds. Because Mark Meadows worked for President Trump. And Democrats have been out to get President Trump before he ever took office when they first tried to spy on him, actually did spy on him in 2016. They're going to destroy this precedent. Didn't happen. Even though this very question is in front of the courts as we speak. They're going to destroy this precedent that's been around since 1794 when our first president first asserted it. The, the Trump media and thing doesn't was. launch for like another year, does it? What did Mark Meadows do? He gave the committee thousands of emails. He gave the committee thousands of text messages. And he agreed to come in front of the committee and answer any question as long as it didn't violate executive privilege. The privilege that's not his to waive, it belongs to the president. The pre- yes, the president waived that executive privilege. Joe Biden said, you have no right to executive privilege, answer questions. And the privilege that's been around since George Washington asserted it. But Democrats says, nope, not good enough, Mr. Meadows. You've got to come in and answer any and every question we ask you. Yes. Or we're going to try to put you in prison. Yes. It's disgusting. It is so disgusting. No, it's called the law, and you are not above it. Mark Meadows is not above it. When they tried to impeach President Trump, did impeach President Trump, but Democrats can destroy executive privilege? We weren't allowed to, the country wasn't allowed to know what took place in that bunker in the basement of the Capitol during impeachment, but they get to know any and everything they want about conversations between the president and his top advisor. Bunker in the Capitol during impeachment? What the fuck is he talking about? So wrong. Democrats on the select committee. I don't even have any clue what he's... Uh, usually I know the conspiracy they're making reference to. You have to appear in person to assert any privilege. And because he didn't come, they held him in contempt. Yes, that's how it works. In person, assert privilege, which he did. And they said, nope, that's not good enough. And they held him in Jim Jordan is defending Mark Meadows. After, after Meadows was held in contempt for not appearing in the January 6th and they still said, committee's not investigation. Enough. Not good enough. What a, what a charade. Make no mistake. Make no mistake. When Democrats vote in favor of this resolution, I, it is but a vote what hearings? For a good man in prison. We watch the impeachment. Don't pretend to argue either. Don't even attempt the argument. No, no, no. This is, just a, this is just a house acting. The Justice Department will make a decision whether to prosecute or not. Come on. Is there anyone who believes that? It took the Attorney General all of five days to treat parents as terrorists. All of five days. If a left... Write the White House asking the Department of Justice to use the Patriot Act against moms and dads, and five days later the Attorney General of the United States does just that then what do you think he's going to do when 225 Democrats in the House... I was not involved in the top-secret hearings. I probably would have slept through them, to be honest with you. This is... He's just spitballing here. Wow, 15 years. I've seen Democrats weaponize the government to attack their political... Green's face behind him is cracking me up. That's that's the next person we're going to hear from. Five years ago, they used the they used the FBI to spy on, abuse the FISA. I am not high enough for this shit. President Trump's campaign two months ago. Two months ago was the Department of Justice using the counterterrorism division at the FBI to put a threat tag, a label, a designation on parents 
who had the gall to go speak up. What the fuck did he just say? The special terrorism unit of the FBI put a tag? No, it was like a field office. Said something about like possible terrorism charges against these people who were going to school boards and getting violent and getting raucous. I don't... They take one little kernel of truth and they just exaggerate it and they know, they know they're never going to receive any punishment from their followers for saying just the most outlandish fucking things. God damn right-wingers are morons. At a school board uh, meetings and defend their kids, speak out against some crazy curriculum. And now, now they're destroying executive privilege. Now they're attacking that. And this might be the worst. Destroying a precedent that has been around since George Washington and treating Mark Meadows as a criminal. I don't think we had a formal legal doctrine of executive privilege under Washington. I I don't think that was a thing. I could be wrong on that. This This is as wrong as it gets. And I think deep down, everyone knows it. I think they know it as well. They know this is wrong. We've all served with this guy. He is co-sponsored. He's done more work with Democrats than probably any Republican. We all know what a good man he is, and this is as wrong as it gets. You all know it. But your, your lust for power, your lust to get your opponents is so intense, you don't care. I hope you reconsider. I hope we don't take this action. Madam Speaker, I yield back. So they cite George Washington as an early precedent for the Cold War era legal doctrine of executive privilege. This is because George Washington refused to comply with a request by the House of Representatives for documents related to the negotiation of then recently adopted Jay Treaty with the Kingdom of Great Britain. Senate alone plays a role in the ratification of treaties, Washington reasoned, and therefore the House had no legitimate claim to the material. Therefore, Washington provided the documents to the Senate, but not the House. President Thomas Jefferson continued the precedent for this in the trial of Aaron Burr for treason in 1809. Burr asked the court to issue a subpoena to compel Jefferson to testify or provide his private letters concerning Burr. Chief Justice John Marshall, a strong proponent of the powers of the federal government, but also a political opponent of Jefferson, ruled that the Sixth Amendment to the Constitution, which allows for these sorts of court orders for criminal defendants, did not provide an exception for the president. As for Jefferson's claim that disclosure of the document would imperil public safety, Marshall held that the court, not the president, would be the judge of that. Jefferson refused to personally testify but provided the selected letters. Another case of Andrew Jackson. And those are the instances that the court cited in order to come up with the legal doctrine during the Cold War era. For the idea of executive privilege. This tradition dating back to George Washington. Fucking Jim Jordan. Like, I'm sorry. Like, 
My voice was not high-pitched enough and not weaselly enough. I'd have to, like, go Castrato or some shit to get up on Jim Jordan's level. Here is Marjorie Taylor Greene apparently saying something that made absolutely no sense. It is recognized. Thank you. Mr. Speaker, I rise in opposition to the Islamophobia bill. One thing that seems to be missing from this bill is the definition of Islamophobia. What this bill does is it sets up through the State Department an envoy to monitor and combat acts of Islamophobia and Islamophobic incitement that occur in foreign countries. This is about Islamophobia in foreign countries and the State Department monitoring and combating these acts. This is what we need to talk about. What does that exactly mean? If we pass this resolution, does that mean our State Department is going to be monitoring how Israel responds when rockets are being fired from Hamas into Israel? If they defend themselves... What about when Israel is killing aid workers? ...going to combat their actions because it will be considered Islamophobic? More questions need to be asked. In Europe, there are no-go zones with high crime statistics. As a matter of fact, rape is a modern occurrence that happens all the time in these no-go zones. There are no no-go zones. That is a right-wing conspiracy that is just batshit fucking crazy. Tim Pool, it is more dangerous in the United States in most cities than it is like in Europe. Just saying. Go on, Representative Green. So if women are raped by Muslims in no-go zones and they want to file charges against them, is our State Department going to be monitoring those trials? And oh, yeah, Poland is going kind of fascist. That is because right. Because they're claiming it's Islamophobic because Muslim men rape them and that becomes part of the conversation. What exactly does this mean? And why is our State Department taking this on it shouldn't be as a matter of fact this is a bill that we should not be debating this is a bill we should not be voting on because the united states state department doesn't need to be monitoring and combating islamophobia when it's not even defined in the bill for foreign countries not the united states of america I've heard a lot of conversation from my colleagues across the aisle about Islamophobia in America, which we completely... Which you engage in. ...against anyone. And that's why we have laws against such hateful crimes and actions. But monitoring what's happening in foreign countries, which the State Department does, doesn't mean that it needs... You, you've got to specifically ask me about anal. It's not even like I got, like, I've, got a, I've got a weird tummy. No Thank you. Additional time. Thank you. This is a vote for every single person in Congress should be no, because this is an open door with an with no end to the book of where this can go for the United States of America. And she actually she should not be engaging in. I as someone from the South, you, people have a lot thicker accents than she does. I appreciate does. the fact that the gentleman uh, yielded the gentlelady more time because that made absolutely no sense to me, um, Mr. Speaker. Um, and let me just say to the gentleman from Pennsylvania on the Uyghur thing, let me, go, let me repeat the history again so it's clear to him. A year ago, we passed uh, the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act in the House. It went over to the Senate. Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump killed it. Nobody, about right. nobody said a word. 
Um, the bill that passed last week that the gentleman refers to is my bill. Um, and the bill that we're going to take up later today is my bill that we negotiated uh, the differences between the House and Senate with Senator Rubio. The gentleman will be happy to know that the bill that we're passing today is stronger than the Senate passed version. Now, maybe he would prefer a weaker version, because that's what a lot of... Um, I don't know. This dude would be a good Riddler, wouldn't he? ...friendly to my Republican friends are now lobbying very hard for, a watered-down bill. So this bill is not watered down. It is a stronger bill than... This is an Senate. Edward Nigma if I've ever seen I'm one. Sure I, I would even like to, it to be stronger. But please, don't, don't politicize um, human rights in a way where I, I think, to be fair... Um, my friend is mischaracterizing what the history uh, of this issue is. Of course, they don't even fucking know history. When it comes to human rights. Mischaracterizing, they're lying, you're being polite. Fight for this for a long time. And we finally have a Speaker of the House and a President of the United States who will sign this bill when he gets there. And I want to thank the leadership in the Senate. I want to thank Senator Rubio. I want to thank Congressman Smith here in the House, Ranking Member um, McCall and Chairman Meeks for their cooperation. But we are moving a bill forward that has teeth, that is real, that is tough, that is the strongest bill we have ever With the teeth Oh, shit. Lauren Bobert has been accused of parroting QAnon conspiracy with tweet about missing children. This is a still from the Saturday Night Live skit. Bobert and Marjorie Taylor Greene with their guns. They've done that a, a few different times. A few weeks back, the uh, Cecily Strong is Marjorie Taylor Greene. Had her fucking egg. She was like, here, hold this for me. And the kid was like, I don't think that's a good idea. And she's like, pussy. <laughs> oh, crack me up. All right, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert appeared to share a QAnon conspiracy about missing children and was swiftly condemned for it. The Republican said on Saturday that 365,348 children went missing in 2020 and inaccurately referred to FBI statistics on missing children. Ms. Boebert did not say that 95% of the children reported missing in 2020 were runaways, causing many to condemn her remarks. As few as 276, or 1%, of the missing children from 2020 were abductions. The FBI finding that a non-custodial parent was nine times more likely than a stranger to carry out an abduction. Congresswoman told her Twitter followers, you haven't heard a word from the media about it. Therein lies the problem. Her remarks appeared to blame the so-called mainstream media for not reporting on the missing children, all the while making a potential reference to QAnon. Followers of the alt-right conspiracy believe in a so-called global elite that has worked against Donald Trump and Republican figures while running a child trafficking ring. Politicizing these numbers because you don't understand them and criminalizing runaways does not help these kids. This is according to John K. Roman, a senior fellow in economics, justice, and society 
uh, at the University of Chicago. There is a lot to be said about the damage caused by hysteria over stranger attacks. I don't know if it is from a well-intentioned place or a conspiracy theory, he added. But either way, it's a myth that is potentially quite harmful. There's a news station back home where I went to college that was giving a lot of press to these Save the Children motherfuckers. I tried to tell them that there was a QAnon conspiracy and they blocked me on Facebook. This is back before QAnon was as well known as what it is now. SNL's Chloe Fineman responds to actual clown Lauren Boebert's tweet calling her a no-name actor. The sketch depicted Lauren Boebert holding a semi-automatic rival while claiming COVID-19 was a fake disease. Chloe Feynman called Lauren Boebert an actual clown after the controversial Republican criticized the comedian's poorly acted sketch on a recent uh, Saturday Night Live episode. The six-minute sketch, which aired on Saturday, mocked Ms. Boebert uh, and politician Marjorie Taylor Greene's pro-gun stance. Both congresswomen were depicted holding semi-automatic rifles while asserting that the coronavirus was a fake disease. Feynman impersonated Ms. Boebert. While a fellow SNL cast member, Cecily Strong, who is a fucking superstar. She is so amazing. She might like, there is so much fucking talent on that show. God damn. I'm not saying uh, the writers do them justice, but there is a hell of a lot of talent on Saturday Night Live right now. Leslie Strong portrayed Ms. Green in the show's Cold Open, which also parodied Chief Medical Advisor to the U.S., President Dr. Anthony Fauci, and disgraced Cuomo brothers Andrew and Chris. After she watched the skit, Ms. Bobert called Feynman a no-name actor and ridiculed the popular NBC show as well as actor Alec Baldwin. Feynman's still pretty young. She's like 25 or 26. On December, she tweeted, on December 12th, she tweeted, Seeing the poor trigger discipline from the no-name actress who played me makes me think Alec Baldwin did the gun safety training over there. Oh, she thought she thought she got a zinger. By the way, when are they moving SNL over to CNN to die out of irrelevance? I think they're more relevant than you are, Bobert. Lyman reportedly shared Miss Bobert's tweet to her Instagram stories and wrote, laughing my ass off. He posted a still from the sketch on her feed and called the congresswoman an actual clown. Loved chicken or fake-ass guns. Quorum. Hosted by singer Billie Eilish. It was actually... Uh, I was uh, a little skeptical of Billie Eilish hosting because I think they need to leave it to comedic actors and comedians to host Saturday Night Live. But Billie Eilish did all right. Boyer pushes to limit firearms in the Capitol after a gun arrest. House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer on Tuesday asked the Capitol's top security officials for a briefing clarifying rules around lawmakers carrying firearms in the Capitol complex.
I'm sure people like Green and Taylor make uh, several members of the caucus very nervous. The request comes at the close of a tense and violent year for Congress, which was most recently rocked by last week's arrest of an aide who allegedly carried an unlicensed handgun into the House office building. Capitol Police said Friday it took 12 minutes to track down and arrest the staffer after officers spotted an image of the gun on an x-ray screen. How did they not set off an alarm? Fuck, wow. Representative Clyburn is urging the Republican Party to step away from cult worship. Well, I've got fucking bad news for you. Jimmy boy. We've seen... January 6th, as you mentioned, Democrats, your colleagues are working to hold the folks involved in that accountable. We've seen and we've discussed the For the People Act, a sweeping democracy reform package. Talk to me about what the country... That that is possible that it was a... ...to fruition if you all can't follow through on this. What will the country look like? What will happen? One of those that doesn't have any metal on it. People got nervous back in 2018 when I said... I think it was 2018 when I said that I did not think that um, the then president had any designs on giving up the office. I always felt he was part of some movement to establish. I said it back in like 2015, 2016. I said for sure if he was to take power, he would not leave willingly. If we do not protect the vote, if we don't, get people back to work. If we don't uh, restore faith in science, this country will become an autocracy. Well, you know, you could have restored faith in democracy and the vote by, you know, not tipping the scales in favor of Joe Biden. If you all aren't able to deliver on these things? You know, once again, I don't think the whole responsibility for the country rests with Democrats. Yeah, not the country. I think they rest with Republicans and independents. Hey, motherfucker. They are openly fascist. In the silos and think about what's best for this. I was listening to Leona Lewis earlier. I love me some Leona Lewis. For one person, you are teetering on one person rule. That's an autocracy. And what? Why? Why are you teetering? Because the entire party is fascist. This is the Republican Party that my parents were members of. For them to turn the whole party apparatus over to one person means you're no longer a party, but you're now a cult. And you're asking them to step up and save the country. Right thinking people in this country to step away. From cult worship. That's where a lot of people are are headed. Well, we need the right-thinking people in this country to fight the cult worship. Did it kind of like seem like, oh, it's not my responsibility. I've just got power. What am I going to do about these motherfuckers? 
Holy shit! Content warning on this one. Prince Andrew called New York's Child Victims Act unconstitutional. Oh, shit. In a request to throw out a sex assault complaint against him. Prince Andrew made a court filing calling the New York Child Victims Act unconstitutional. His lawyer said that New York's age of consent is 17, while the act covers abuse of those under 18. Filing said that the lack of consent of Virginia Guffrey, his accuser, is therefore unsettled. Prince Andrew's lawyer said a New York law uh, said that a New York law that allows victims of child sex abuse to sue until they turn 55 years old was unconstitutional, as they seek to have a sexual assault lawsuit against him thrown out by a judge. The Duke of York cast doubt on whether the New York Child Victims Act was a reasonable measure to address injustice in a Monday court filing seen by Insider. Virginia Gouffray, now 38, who is one of the accusers of the late Jeffrey Epstein, used the law to file a sexual assault claim against Prince Andrew. In the filing disputing Gouffray's accusations, Andrew's lawyers said that while the Child Victims Act allowed survivors to sue for abuses they suffered before they were 18 years old, the age of consent in New York is 17. The issue of consent is unsettled with regard to those like Gouffray, who were between the ages of 17 and 18, the filing said. What a piece of shit! What a piece of shit. And like, I I had a friend ask me about like an update on the Maxwell trial. Guys, don't be surprised if she walks. Like, it's hard to tell just from the reporting in the courtroom. But holy shit. Like, it seems like the prosecution... One was very narrowly focused on only one thing and one thing only, and that was the act of abuse. They did not want to go after any of the financial connections. They wrapped up weeks earlier than they were expected to. So don't be surprised if she gets off, if there's a hung jury, if something fishy fucking happens. I don't want to. I don't want to get into conspiracy theory territory because I don't. I don't think. I don't think Epstein needed any more motivation to kill himself than all he had going on. I find it preposterous that somebody would have went in there and killed him. Do I think that the conditions could have been laid for him to allow him him to kill himself? Yes, that's that's the most likely scenario in my mind. Motherfucker hung himself, but he just so happened to be put in a cell where he wasn't being watched. I think there are some judges in on it. I I think there are like I don't. 
power holders is such a, a weird way of saying, but I think there are some high level people involved. This is some fucking bullshit. This was our, our chance to find out the financial connections. Let's hope with Prince Andrew, we can take this motherfucker down. I know. I don't want to put on a tinfoil hat. I don't want to sound like QAnon. I would be interested to... (laughs) I would be interested to know why you think Scalia was murdered. I mean, the motherfucker was fucking old, wasn't he, at the time? Good. This is the Troll Patrol, live with Justin Freakin. Welcome to the Troll Patrol, live. Where it is that time of the year, we're doing the countdown to Christmas. Not just on my Christmas countdown coming into the Troll Patrol, but 10 days to the actual Christmas. It was that time of year where we deck the halls and paint our balls. Justin won a Polly. I, you say Polly, I think about our our friend Polly people. Did I say that? Did I say just, I? I might have just been in that stream. <laughs> I think I'm not the only one. Sparkles brought up thirst traps the other day. That channel's a thirst trap. What were we doing? Welcome to the Troll Patrol Live, where we got shit to talk about, we got news to cover. Tragedy in Haiti, I don't want to talk about that. We're going to go over the anniversary of Sandy Hook shooting. I don't want to talk about that. But then we got some fun shit tonight. I promise. Fun shit. We're going to hear a cute little Christmas carol that a woman on TikTok or something or other put together. The right has been going nuts over... Or Christmas Carol. Chris Catan. Do you remember Chris Catan? What is love? Baby, don't hurry. Night at the Roxbury. Mr. Mr. What was Mr. Peepers on SNL? He would he'd grab an apple and he would spit it everywhere. Oh, he's Mango. He's also Mango. On SNL. Chris Kattan is the latest comedian to jump on the anti-woke against cancel culture nonsense as a marketing ploy. Because who the fuck was trying to cancel Chris Kattan? He hasn't been relevant in 20 fucking years. We're going to watch Piers Morgan, the British talk show host. Used to have a show... 
here in the U.S. He took over for Larry King at one point in time. We're going to watch Piers Morgan go at it with a plus, 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 plus-sized model. Apparently, he was pretty rude about it. Prince Andrew has called the New York Child Victims Act unconstitutional because I bet he has. I wonder. I wonder why he might take that uh, stance. Reverse cancelology. <laughs> oh fuck! And if you guys watch Saturday Night Live. One of the younger cast members, Chloe Fineman, had a fantastic impression of Representative Lauren Boebert. Boebert has responded. Fineman has responded to Boebert. We're going to get into all that drama. Apparently, there was some drama on the House floor. Marjorie Taylor Greene (laughs) said something so stupid it evoked a reaction from a Democratic member of Congress. Oh, we're going to talk about Trump's taxes. He's got 14 more days. We'll see what's going to happen. The D.C. Attorney General is suing hate groups like the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers. We're going to delve into the texts divulged by the January 6th committee that show that members of Congress was apparently involved in the in the whole January 6th shit going on. First, sad news out of Haiti, who just, they can't catch a break. At least 60 people killed in a Haiti fuel truck explosion. Total number of injured still not known after a truck carrying gasoline overturned around midnight. The truck overturned and exploded in Haiti's second largest city, Haitian. The country's health minister has announced the death toll is expected to rise after the truck carrying gasoline overturned at about midnight. Local hospital was stretched trying to treat the injured, said the mayor. Total number of injured was still not known. We need human resources and also material resources, namely serum, gauze, and anything that can be used in case of serious burns. This is according to the city's mayor, Pierre uh, Yavos. Caribbean nation has suffered from a wave of violence this year by gangs who for nearly a month prevented fuel trucks from loading at its main fuel point, uh, ports. I can't talk tonight, apparently. High enough for this shit. But this is sad. I don't want to toke this kind of a story. Forced many businesses to shut down. Fuel deliveries resumed last month. Rescue workers cleaned up in the aftermath of the explosion. Bodies covered in white sheets lay on the ground before they were loaded onto trucks to be taken away. Blast also damaged the front of houses and shops in the street and charred motorbikes and cars. This is according to Reuters uh, journalists.
I'll hit the content warning for this. We're going to cover the ninth anniversary of the Sandy Hook Massacre. Oh, first, let's take a look at the victims, the poor children that should still be with us today. Six adults felled by the same gunman that killed 20 bright miles. CNN being very flowery with their language here. Nine years later, even those who have never set foot near Newtown, Connecticut, can conjure the scene painted by police by a first uh, of a first-grade classroom turned into a killing field. Can see the faces of anguished parents desperate for proof of life, then later tiny caskets overloaded with stuffed animals never to be named. Since the December 14th massacre, a new school has been built for the students of a town known now and for decades to come as a cradle of grief, but also of untold love and quiet resilience. Let's hear from one of the mothers. She gave an interview, All right, on the eve, I think, last the night. ...anniversary of the deadly shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown. Those who are close to the tragedy, which left 26 dead, including 20 children, are reflecting tonight. That includes the mother of one of the first graders killed that day. Fox 61's Tony Terzi joins us live from State Police Headquarters with more on that. Tony. We're here at State Police Headquarters because... Uh, yeah, sorry. It gets louder. It gets louder right after this, I promise. And they tell you parents... We go back to making fun of dumb fucks. Be on top of your kids' social media. That can help avoid many of these threats that these kids think are cute and giving them a day off. Now, State Police, with regard to the Sandy Hook tragedy, of course... What the... Do, what, ...on scene, and they'll be impacted forever. But what about the loved ones of the victims? Well, today... I mean, there is a problem with people calling in threats and shit, but, like, I don't think pranks are a fucking... ...was one of the victims, but she's managed to turn her grief... ...main problems with this... Positive. Scarlett Lewis says nine years later, she's still amazed at how fresh and raw her pain is. I still cry. Every- there is a difference between a, lo- a local Fox affiliate and Fox News. Action. She created the Jesse Lewis Choose Love movement in memory of her son. Sharing Jesse's story and creating programming that can reduce and prevent the issues that we're seeing including violence substance abuse and mental illness we've had 350 school shootings in the past nine years since sandy hook we've had 28 this year alone 350 among our adolescents but that yale doctor says there's been great progress in the nine years since the sandy hook tragedy in terms of addressing access to firearms by youth and by those who have significant 
behavioral health challenges. But I think what we need to do is sort of now shift gears and look at... The thing about this this package is it's really dancing around like the pressing issue. It's something that we will never forget. That state... And you know, like, I don't... Town high school graduate. I don't hold it against a local news organization for not getting into, you know, the guns are the problem. Responded to Sandy Hook. You know, this is a, this is a human interest story is the angle they're taking. Coordinator, we've been... Uh, in front of our but boy are they trying to letting them know that we're there we have resources. they are indeed trying to assign blame understandably uh, sergeant Jeltima even got a little bit emotional during our interview today thinking back to what that day was she said she well, who wouldn't get emotional she couldn't get to sandy hook she was home caring for uh, her fa- for her two-year-old son at the point Turned out her brother and sister-in-law are firefighters for the Sandy Hook Fire Department, which is right next to the school, so they were among the first responders at the school that day nine years ago. We're live outside State Police Headquarters, Tony Terzi, Fox 61 News. I don't think I like Tony. I don't think I like Tony at all. God, does that leave a bad taste in my mouth. Remember, kids, shoot up drugs, not schools. I, uh, I can see how stations would like him because he was he was very good at like being personable and telling you a story as if like he's your friend at a bar. As opposed to being formal and a news... On a news station like that, I I want a straight up, just the facts ma'am kind of news reporter myself. And again, like, look at the kind of news reporter I am. I get fucking high and cuss people out and call people dumb fucks. Speaking of dumb fucks! Let's talk about Trump. Getting ready to get a big dose of Trump here tonight. Federal judge tosses the Trump lawsuit to block income taxes from being released to Congress. The judge put his ruling on hold for 14 days to give the former president time to appeal. What that means is he's going to try to take it to the Supreme Court and he's got 14 days to do it. Otherwise, we're finally going to see his taxes. Really, for real this time. Whenever the committee releases them, I assume they will. For real this time, like 14 days from now, his taxes are going to be in the hands of of the January 6th committee, I think. U.S. District Judge Trevor McFadden said efforts by Trump's lawyers to block the handover were wrong on the law. A long line of Supreme Court cases requires great deference to fashly, uh, fashly, fash, fash, fash. Factually would have been, uh, Easier word for me to say there. Facially. Facially. 
valid congressional inquiries, even the special solicitude accorded former presidents does not alter the outcome. McFadden put the ruling on hold for 14 days to give Trump's legal team time to appeal. A spokesperson for Trump did not immediately respond to a request for comment. House Ways and Means Committee Chairman Richard Neal first asked for the tax information in April of 2019, citing a federal law that requires the Treasury Department and the IRS to turn over individual tax returns when demanded by any of the three congressional tax committees. The court is stacked, but I am assuming that the Supreme Court is going to say, no, we're not going to hear this case. And we may get we may, we may get that in the next couple of days, or they may because it is a stacked Supreme Court. They're going to run out the clock and they'll do it in fourteen days. They'll say, "No, nah, we're not going to hear the case." I I honestly feel like that's what's going to happen. They're not going to hear the case. The lower court ruling is going to stand. He has to turn over his tax returns. The Treasury Department refused to provide the documents at that time, with the administration arguing that Congress had no legitimate lawmaking purpose to seek them and that it was simply hoping to find something that would embarrass Trump. Embarrass Trump, that's what uh, Mark Meadows' defense is now with the text messages that we're going to talk about here in just a second. D.C.'s Attorney General is suing the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers over the Capitol attack. It was announced today. The District of Columbia is suing two far-right groups, the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers, for allegedly conspiring to terrorize the city with the violent attack on the U.S. Capitol on January the 6th. You can go watch the New York Times video on the Capitol riot. You will see they point out all of the Proud Boys who are clearly communicating with each other on radios, who were talking about strategy the night before, uh, the Oath Keepers as well. They are in tactical gear. They are all very much organized throughout the rally. The lawsuit was filed by the district's attorney general, Carl Racine, in federal court in Washington, D.C. It accuses the two groups, their leaders, and more than two dozen suspected members of coordinating and plotting violence on January the 6th to disrupt the peaceful transfer of power. In the complaint, we specifically allege that these vigilantes, insurrectionists, and masters of lawless mob conspired, master, masters of a lawless mob, conspired against the District of Columbia, its law enforcement officers, and residents by planning, promoting, and participating in the violent attack on the United States Capitol. According to Racine, earlier today, our own citizens were hell-bent on destroying the freedoms and ideals on which our country was founded and continues to aspire to achieve. Racine called the January 6th attack a brazen, violent, and deadly attack that traumatized this city, this community, and our country. As I said, claiming it's just a witch hunt to embarrass Donald Trump is now Mark Meadows' line after turning over, what, like 60,000 documents. I might be off on them. It might have been like 6,000 documents. I might be off on the number. It was a hell of a lot. He turned over a shit ton of documents to the... Uh, Roberts has been siding with the liberals on the court. 
God, I can't find the, I can't find the number here quickly. Laws for thee, not for me, indeed. This is former chief of staff for former President Trump, Mark Meadows, More. on with Newsmax. And that's Build Back Better, of course. Mark Meadows is a former White House chief of staff under President Trump, and he joins us tonight. Mark, it's, it's good to see you again. We're going to get to Build Back Better. No, it's not. Just a second. But, of course, we obviously have to cover the obvious news tonight, the breaking news that uh, has been all over my Twitter and all over the other networks, of course, as they over-exaggerate the hell out of January 6th. Uh, The committee has voted to recommend that you be charged with contempt of Congress. Uh, It was a 9-0 vote. We're going to listen to the fake Republican Adam Kinzinger here. Go ahead. The fake Republican. Mark Meadows has committed a crime. In this case, a premeditated one. He thought carefully about his actions and actively chose to Stonewall, which you can clearly This is indeed Newsmax. Where do you think Mark Meadows would go to to tell his side of the story to get a favorable interview? For the select committee, for his former... Remember, remember, he is refusing to testify in front of the committee. He's given interviews to Newsmax. He wrote a book. The integrity of the democratic process. All right, so a, a lot of conservative media runs away from this story. We're not afraid of it here. I think it's a grossly over-exaggerated story, but I also think it was a very bad day for this country. I don't think it's anywhere near what the Democrats think it was. They've got reports of... Well, do tell! They say that you gave them that show Fox hosts saying, hey, you know, you got to get this under control. Trump Kennedy and Ingram messaged him. What's your response to all this tonight? Yeah, uh, obviously it, it's not a surprising... It's a Jesse Waters ripoff. Uh, you know, we we really need to look at, at, at what it's all about. It, Kinzinger's family is is full of Trumpers. No fucking way. Busted, uh, and yet what they've done is is had a contempt vote. We've tried very hard in a very transparent and accommodating way to share non-privileged information. Right. And what we found out tonight is is that not only uh, did for those of you who don't know, Mark Meadows was a congressman. Uh, text the body he used to serve in held him in contempt. The president didn't act. And I can tell you, this is the president did act. This is all about, you know, it's not about holding me in contempt. It's yeah. about coming after President Donald Trump. And sadly, well, yeah. uh, that's what tonight's vote was all about. Well, he attacked the country. I mean, you, you, you've, are you still cooperating? I mean, you initially said you would cooperate. Is there any regret? Is there any decision there by you? you well, we... we uh, we we tried to uh, help uh, in a. Oh yeah, he was hardcore freedom caucus. Uh, the attorneys. I think he came in in 2012. On non-privileged information, we said all along we were going to protect the president's executive privilege. We continue to do so. We will continue to do that. Yeah. We think that it's a decision that the courts need to weigh in on. Obviously, Congress thinks that I should. Yeah, and like and those text messages that he is downplaying show that it was deliberate in action because he had. Laura Ingram and, and uh, uh, fuck it. Who would I say the other one was? Who was the other Fox host? <laughs> Maybe I'm too high for this shit now. Oh, Kilmead messaged him as well. It was Kilmead uh, Ingram. We're gonna we're gonna see it here in a second. Uh, we're gonna we're going to actually watch the hearing where Schiff revealed these texts. Did Hannity message him? 
executive privilege. It's not mine to waive. Uh, and and so we're going to honor President Trump's executive privilege claim until the courts. Oh, yeah, it was it was Hannity, Ingram and I'm excited. And Kilmeade. Republicans get yeah, no talker. We can take a look at the 2020 <laughs> riots and look at every single thing the Democrats said that stirred all of that. That, up. I'm, that I'm aware of country billions of dollars and businesses and lives and everything else. Uh, all right. Thank you for answering those questions. I know it's probably not your favorite thing to do, but I want to get back to build back better here. Uh, we got a few minutes left. Uh, the big push is this week. I mean, they're, they're trying to get this thing. That's not what we're talking about tonight. We're going to keep talking about this fucking, these text messages and the coup plot to overturn democracy in this country. Gentlemen, yields back. Chair recognizes the gentleman from California. Representative Adam Schiff. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I want to pick up Mr. Kinzinger left off. 9,000 pages of records. That is what Mr. Meadows has turned over. 9,000. That's the that's the number. Has asserted no claim of privilege. None. These include thousands of text messages spanning the months before uh, election day, between election day and the end of the former president's term in office. Of these documents, I'm particularly struck by messages that come from lawmakers who were sending them to Mr. Meadows in the days around January 6th. Lawmakers! He won't discuss with the committee. I want to display just a few of the message he received from people in Congress. The committee is not naming these lawmakers at this time as our investigation is ongoing. If we could cue the first graphic. This one reads, on January 6, 2021, Vice President Mike Pence, as President of the Senate, should call out all electoral votes that he believes are unconstitutional as no electoral votes at all. You can see why this is so critical to ask Mr. Meadows about. About a lawmaker suggesting that the former Vice President simply throw out votes that he unilaterally deems unconstitutional in order to overturn a presidential election and subvert the will of the American people. Here's another from January 6th as the riot was ongoing. And if we could cue the second graphic. The president needs to stop this ASAP. On the 6th, Mr. Meadows received dozens upon dozens of panic messages like this one from lawmakers and others trapped on Capitol Hill from people watching at home begging that the White House, that the President of the United States... Don Jr. something to stop the... Message violence. Meadows and not his father. ...react to these cries for help. Whom did he tell? What did he do? And critically, what did the President of the United States do? And what did he fail to do? Mr. Meadows doesn't think he should have to answer those questions. He wants the American people to be left in the dark. Here's the last message I want to highlight, again from a lawmaker, in the aftermath of January 6th. If we could cue graphic number three. Yesterday was a terrible day. We tried everything we could in our objection to the six states. Watchman. Nothing worked. The day after a failed attempt. I, he ran off Chris Wallace. Power through violence. An Appeasing his fans, I assume. Chief of staff, I'm sorry nothing worked. That is chilling. We would they like tried to overturn democracy, and that was a congressperson. Mr. Meadows' behavior and his refusal to do his moral duty shows why we need stronger tools to enforce congressional subpoenas. 
It's an issue I've worked on for years. But in the absence of those changes, we will use the tools that we have. And I expect the Justice Department to move as swiftly in dealing with Mr. Meadows as it did with Mr. Bannon and prosecute him. But that's not, they're not going swiftly. The trial is set for July. You said swiftly. You said swiftly. <laughs> that's not swift at all. And, and thank you, Chairman Thompson. This is Liz Cheney this morning. And uh, all the members of the committee. As the chairman said, um, it gives us no, no pleasure to be here again uh, and to be here dealing with the recommended referral of criminal contempt uh, of a former colleague of ours. We understand it's a serious matter and it's a step we wouldn't be taking if it weren't necessary. We oh, but he's on Newsmax right saying, oh, oh, they're just trying to embarrass President Trump. That's all. Noted, we'd engaged in weeks and weeks of discussions with Mr. Meadows' counsel. We'd worked very diligently to try to reach agreement on cooperation. We'd scheduled a deposition uh, at a time and a day uh, of Mr. Meadows' choosing. Um, but shortly before the deposition was to occur, Mr. Meadows walked away from his commitment to appear and he informed us he would no longer cooperate. As the chairman noted, we think Mr. Meadows is improperly asserting executive and other privileges. But this contempt proceeding relates principally to Mr. Meadows' refusal to testify about the text messages and other communications he admits are not privileged. He has not claimed and he doesn't have any privileged basis to refuse to answer our questions about these texts and about these topics. I'm just going to talk about three areas that are critically important to our investigation about which Mr. Meadows has turned over materials that are non-privileged and about which he's compelled to answer our questions. As the violence was underway on the 6th, it was evident to all. But we know... Oh, it sure was. We were watching it live. President Trump refused to act. I could not believe what I was seeing. His action was required, it was essential, and it was compelled by his duty, compelled by his oath of office. Mr. Meadows received numerous text messages that he has... If you guys weren't with me for January 6th, I had like a really cool setup. Like it was so neat because I had both chambers uh, on this... Because I was over here like on the 4K screen, right? You get you a shot of my Nelly Furtado wallpaper. Like, I had, like, the top one was the the house, and the bottom one was the Senate. And I could take the sound on either one. And then, like, I had to set up on the other, on this screen, which I usually use to show shit. I had to to set up what was going on outside. We had, like, like somebody, like, had a live feed we were watching of, of all this shit. I think it might have been the, the Hill... Just had a live shot of all the shit going on on the on the steps. Oh, who hasn't heard about the thing that Hassan did? I I really could care less, to be honest with you. Other than the fact that you know, hey, there's twenty, thirty, forty thousand people that like some leftist twitch that are floating around out there that may need a place to hang out. I see word. I maybe there's more going on that I don't know about. I I really don't. 
I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit about drama. We're we're talking about the fucking news here. I don't give a shit about personality drama. Canceled my ass. We're anti-cancel culture around here. I want to let people talk so that we can hear the stupid shit they say. I mean, I'll say the word. I've said much. Okay, here's the thing. I've said much worse words than that on this stream. I'm just not big enough to have people constantly reporting me. So... I would have never in a million years. I. <laughs> what, you gonna report me? You want? Got, you guys got me all like, was Liz Cheney not fucking interesting, bitches? Was a coup on the country not interesting to talk about? We had to talk about Hassan. <laughs> Who was on fucking everything today? I pro I could have I could have messaged Hassan and probably got him on the troll patrol tonight. Just because he wanted to come on and tell everybody about getting banned. Ah, uh, don't be offended. I like Hassan. I just like I'm not gonna like wade into like nonsense. I'll leave that up to you, crazy crackers. To take action. I read a number of those last night to the nation. Here are a few others from Republican members. Oh, I fucked the camera up when I did that. Bad up here on the Hill. Another one, the president needs to stop this ASAP. Another one. Well, I heard him detail the... F- now. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, Liz, sorry. I heard him detail what it was he ranted about on YouTube, not on Twitch. <laughs> and it's like, I I agree with his rant. Like, I... I don't know. I found I found it, and like, it's not just Hassan. It Vosh. Vosh was talking about Hassan. Now, and here's the crazy thing, is I was in Hassan's stream last night. Was I, I don't follow Vosh, but I follow Hassan. And, like, I I think when I got off, or maybe before I went on. And he had, like, like 22,000 in his room. And I'm like, oh, let me let me pop in and see, you know, see what he's doing. And, and check in on him, see what, see what his stream's like. And he had, like, people over, and they were eating dinner or something around the table. They were just kind of like chilling, so I don't know when the cracker thing happened. Sounds like some shit, some cracker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. And as we saw last night, dozens of texts, including from Trump administration officials, from members of the press, from Donald Trump Jr., 
urged immediate action by the president. Donald Trump Jr. Hours passed with no action by the president to defend the Congress of the United States from an assault. You were probably rooting for the insurrectionists, weren't you, warlord? Which was an official proceeding. Over, over there in the UK, cheering on the insurrectionists. On a key question in front of this committee, did Donald Trump, through action or inaction, corruptly seek to obstruct or impede Congress's <laughs> official proceeding to... The British helped planned it. They were... Mr. Meadows' testimony will inform our legislative judgments on those issues. But Mr. Meadows has refused to give any testimony at all. Even regarding non-privileged topics, that we were just laying in white of Congress. And let me pause and just note that we, as Republicans, used to be unified on this point in terms of what happened on January. Being British, I'm still trying to figure out who blew up Parliament. Had to stop it. We all remember, every one of us, what Republican Legion. Leader McCarthy said on the floor of the House the following week: "Quote: The president bears responsibility." for Wednesday's attack on Congress by mob rioters. He should have immediately denounced the mob when he saw what was unfolding. Nader! These facts require immediate... What, are we going all the way back to 2000 and saying Nader caused Gore the election in 2000? That caused, like, that caused this whole domino effect that got knowledge manifested itself in January the 6th? Because, like, there's a case to be made for that. Speaking of domino effect, I just happen to have this meme handy. I think I'm going to start doing like meme of the day. And when I flip over from the intro screen, it's going to be like meme of the day. The Nader fly effect. I liked that movie. A lot of people didn't. I think Sparkle told me she didn't like that movie. Okay, okay, you may find Liz Cheney boring, but how about how about we go to Representative Jim Jordan and listen listen to this dumb fuck defend Mark Meadows. How about that? How about that? Gentleman from Ohio is is recognized. By the way, I I will never not take the opportunity to point out that Jim Jordan uh, was told about sexual abuse at the college where he was an assistant wrestling coach and did nothing about it and possibly helped cover up the abuse. Uh, Thank you, Madam Speaker. Democrats prevent Republicans from serving on the... We are at 800,000 of the official count of COVID deaths as of yesterday. They try to pack the court... They do secret impeachment hearings in the bunker in the basement of the Capitol, and they just said a naval veteran is afraid of the truth. And now today, now today they are destroying executive privilege. I mean, we know Jim Jordan's afraid of the truth. To assist the president must be free to explore alternatives in the process of shaping policies and making decisions. And to do But that's shaping policies like foreign affairs and shit. Except privately. The court further stated presidential administrations of both parties have asserted that president's close advisors are an extension of the president. Who are these close advisors? Who are these individuals who are an extension of the president of the United States? Well, there's a bunch. You! Certainly the three most important are the national security advisor, the White House counsel, and the chief of staff to the president. 
And I would argue the chief of staff is the closest of the... Oh, he's talking about people that might be able to acclaim privilege. ...commander-in-chief than anyone else. I was like, you were an extension of Trump in Congress. Why do we have it? Why is the decision-making process between the president and his closest... Oh, that's the whole chuckle-fuck contingency. Why is that? Well, guess what? Supreme Court told us the answer to that one, too. Quote, executive privilege serves the necessity for protection of the public interest in candid, objective, and even harsh opinions in presidential decision-making. Grandstanding Jim Jordan. Serves the I like the alliteration interest. there. It's for us. It's for we the people. Oh, it's keeping Trump's Trump. communications about trying to overturn democracy is, is for us. He's doing it for us. The country. But the Democrats... They're not going to worry about that. They're going to forget about that because they think this is good politics. They think this is all about politics. They used to care. They used to care about executive privilege when Republicans wanted information. During the Fast and Furious scandal, President Obama asserted executive privilege for bureaucrats at ATF and DOJ. And think about it. Holder refused to testify. Federal agency gets privilege. I was getting that too. And you guys lost your fucking minds. Because Mark Meadows worked for President Trump. And Democrats have been out to get President Trump before he ever took office when they first tried to spy on him, actually did spy on him in 2016. They're going to destroy this precedent. Didn't happen. Even though this very question is in front of the courts as we speak. They're going to destroy this precedent that's been around since 1794 when our first president first asserted it. The, the Trump media thing doesn't what? launch for like another year, does it? What did Mark Meadows do? He gave the committee thousands of emails. He gave the committee thousands of text messages. And he agreed to come in front of the committee and answer any question as long as it didn't violate executive privilege. The privilege that's not his to waive, it belongs to the president. The pre- yes, the president waived that executive privilege. Executive Joe Biden said, you have no right to executive privilege, answer questions. And the privilege that's been around since George Washington asserted it. But Democrats says, nope, not good enough, Mr. Meadows. You've got to come in and answer any and every question we ask you. Yes. Or we're going to try to put you in prison. Yes. It's disgusting. It is so disgusting. No, it's called the law, and you are not above it. Mark Meadows is not above it. When they tried to impeach President Trump, did impeach President Trump, but Democrats can destroy executive privilege. We weren't allowed to, the country wasn't allowed to know what took place in that bunker in the basement of the Capitol during impeachment, but they get to know any and everything they want about conversations between the president and his top advisor. Bunker in the Capitol during impeachment? What the fuck is he talking about? So wrong. Democrats on the select committee. I don't even have any clue what he's, I, usually I know the conspiracy the they're making reference to. You to appear in person to assert any privilege. And because he didn't come, they held him in contempt. Which yes, that's how it works. Person assert privilege, which he did, and they said, "Nope, that's not good enough." And they held him. In Jim Jordan is defending Mark Meadows, Meadows. after they after Meadows was held in contempt for not appearing in the January sixth. And they still said, "Committee's investigation, enough. not good enough." What a what a charade! Make no mistake. Make no mistake. When Democrats vote in favor of this resolution, I, it is but a vote what hearings? For a good man in prison. We watch the impeachment. Don't pretend to argue either. Don't even attempt the argument. No, no, no. 
This is, just, this is just the House acting. The Justice Department will make a decision whether to prosecute or not. Come on. Is there anyone who believes that? It took the Attorney General all of five days to treat parents as terrorists. All of five days. If a left write the White House asking the Department of Justice to use the Patriot Act against moms and dads, and five days later the Attorney General of the United States does just that, then what do you think he's going to do when 225 Democrats in the House... I was not involved in the top secret hearings. I probably would have slept through them, to be honest with you. This is... He's just spitballing here. Wow, 15 years. I've seen Democrats weaponize the government to attack their political... Green's face behind him is cracking me up. That's that's the next person we're going to hear from. Five years ago, they used the they used the FBI to spy on, abuse the FISA process. I am not high enough for this shit. President Trump's campaign two months ago, two months ago was the Department of Justice using the counterterrorism division at the FBI to put a threat tag, a label, a designation on parents who had the gall to go speak up. What the fuck did he just say? The special terrorism unit of the FBI. Put a tag. No, it was like a field office. Said something about like possible terrorism charges against these people who were going to school boards and getting violent and getting raucous. I don't. They take one little kernel of truth. And they just exaggerate it. And they know. They know they're never going to receive any punishment from their followers for saying just the most outlandish fucking things. God damn, right wingers are morons. At a school board mi- uh, meetings and defend their kids, speak out against some crazy curriculum. And now, now they're destroying executive privilege. Now they're attacking that. And this might be the worst. Destroying a precedent that has been around since George Washington and treating Mark Meadows as a criminal. I don't think we had a formal legal doctrine of executive privilege former colleague. under Washington. I, I don't think that was a thing. I could be wrong on that. This is, this is as wrong as it gets. And I think deep down, everyone knows it. I think they know it as well. They know this is wrong. We've all served with this guy. He is co-sponsored. He's done more work with Democrats than probably any Republican. We all know what a good man he is, and this is as wrong as it gets. You all know it. But your, your lust for power, your lust to get your opponents is so intense, you don't care. I hope you reconsider. I hope we don't take this action. Madam Speaker, I yield back. So they cite George Washington as an early precedent for the Cold War era legal doctrine of executive privilege. This is because George Washington refused to comply with a request by the House of Representatives for documents related to the negotiation of then recently adopted Jay Treaty with the Kingdom of Great Britain. Senate alone plays a role in the ratification of treaties, Washington reasoned, and therefore the House had no legitimate claim to the material. Therefore, Washington provided the documents to the Senate, but not the House. President Thomas Jefferson continued the precedent 
For this, in the trial of Aaron Burr for treason in 1809, Burr asked the court to issue a subpoena to compel Jefferson to testify or provide his private letters concerning Burr. Chief Justice John Marshall, a strong proponent of the powers of the federal government, but also a political opponent of Jefferson, ruled that the Sixth Amendment to the Constitution, which allows for these sorts of court orders for criminal defendants, did not provide an exception for the president. As for Jefferson's claim that disclosure of the document would imperil public safety, Marshall held the court, not the president, would be the judge of that. Jefferson refused to personally testify, but provided the selected letters. Another case of Andrew Jackson. And those are the instances that the court cited in order to come up with the legal doctrine during the Cold War era. For the idea of executive privilege. This tradition dating back to George Washington. Fucking Jim Jordan. Like, I'm sorry. Like, my voice was not high-pitched enough and not Weasley enough. I'd have to, like, go Castrato or some shit to get up on Jim Jordan's level. Here is Marjorie Taylor Greene apparently saying something that made absolutely no sense. It is recognized. Thank you. Mr. Speaker, I rise in opposition to the Islamophobia bill. One thing that seems to be missing from this bill is the definition of Islamophobia. What this bill does is it sets up through the State Department an envoy to monitor and combat acts of Islamophobia and Islamophobic incitement that occur in foreign countries. This is about Islamophobia in foreign countries and the State Department monitoring and combating these acts. This is what we need to talk about. What does that exactly mean? If we pass this resolution, does that mean our State Department is going to be monitoring how Israel responds when rockets are being fired? from Hamas into Israel, if they defend themselves... Well, when Israel is killing aid workers? ...going to combat their actions because it will be considered Islamophobic? More questions need to be asked. In Europe, there are no-go zones with high crime statistics. As a matter of fact, rape is a modern occurrence that happens all the time in these no-go zones. There are no no-go zones. That is a right-wing conspiracy that is just batshit fucking crazy. Tim Pool, it is more dangerous in the United States, in most cities, than it is, like, in Europe. Just saying. Go on, Representative Green. So if women are raped by Muslims in no-go zones and they want to file charges against them, is our State Department going to be monitoring those trials? And oh, yeah, Poland is going kind of fascist. That is because right. Because they're claiming it's Islamophobic because Muslim men rape them, and that becomes part of the conversation. What exactly does this mean, and why is our State Department taking this on? It shouldn't be. As a matter of fact, this is a bill that we should not be debating. This is a bill we should not be voting on because the United States State Department doesn't need to be monitoring and combating Islamophobia when it's not even defined in the bill for foreign countries, not the United States of America. 
I've heard a lot of conversation from my colleagues across the aisle about Islamophobia in America, which we completely would you engage in against anyone. And that's why we have laws against such hateful crimes and actions. But monitoring what's happening in foreign countries, which the State Department does, doesn't mean that it needs. You you've got to specifically ask me about anal. It's not even like I got like I've got a I've got a weird tummy. Thank you. Additional time. Thank you. This is a vote for every single person in Congress should be no because this is an open door with an with no end to the book of where this can go. For the United States of America, and she actually she not be engaging in. I as someone that. from the South, you, people sir, have a lot thicker accents than she does. I appreciate does. the fact that the gentleman uh, yielded the gentlelady more time because that made absolutely no sense to me, um, Mr. Speaker. Um, and let me just say to the gentleman from Pennsylvania on the Uyghur thing, let me go, let me repeat the history again so it's clear to him. A year ago, we passed uh, the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act in the House. It went over to the Senate. Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump killed it. Nobody, about right. nobody said a word. Um, the bill that passed last week that the gentleman refers to is my bill. Um, and the bill that we're going to take up later today is my bill that we negotiated uh, the differences between the House and Senate with Senator Rubio. The gentleman be happy to know that the bill that we're passing today is stronger than the Senate passed version. Or maybe he would prefer a weaker version, because that's what a lot of... Um, I don't know. This dude would be a good Riddler, wouldn't he? Friendly to ...my Republican friends are now lobbying very hard for, a watered-down bill. So this bill is not watered down. It is a stronger bill than... This is an Edward Nigma if I've ever seen I one. Sure, I, I would even like to, it, it to be stronger. But please, don't, don't politicize um, human rights in a way where, uh, I think, to be fair... Um, my friend is mischaracterizing what the history uh, of this issue is. Of course, they, they don't even fucking know history. When it comes to human rights. Mischaracterizing, they're lying, you're being polite. Fight for this for a long time. And we finally have a Speaker of the House and a President of the United States who will sign this bill when he gets there. And I want to thank the leadership in the Senate. I want to thank Senator Rubio. I want to thank Congressman Smith here in the House, ranking member. Um, McCall and Chairman Meeks for their cooperation. But we are moving a bill forward that has teeth, that is real, that is tough, that is the strongest bill we have ever With passed. the teeth Oh, shit. Lauren Bobert has been accused of parroting QAnon conspiracy with tweet about missing children. This is a still from the Saturday Night Live skit. Bobert and Marjorie Taylor Greene with their guns. They've done that a, a few different times. A few weeks back, the uh, Cecily Strong is Marjorie Taylor Greene. Had her fucking egg. She was like, here, hold this for me. And the kid was like, I don't think that's a good idea. And she's like, pussy. <laughs> oh, crack me up. All right, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert appeared to share a QAnon conspiracy about missing children and was swiftly condemned for it 
The Republican said on Saturday that 365,348 children went missing in 2020 and inaccurately referred to FBI statistics on missing children. Ms. Boebert did not say that 95% of the children reported missing in 2020 were runaways, causing many to condemn her remarks. As few as 276 or 1% of the missing children from 2020 were abductions. The FBI finding that a non-custodial parent was nine times more likely than a stranger to carry out an abduction. Congresswoman told her Twitter followers, you haven't heard a word from the media about it. Therein lies the problem. Her remarks appeared to blame the so-called mainstream media for not reporting on the missing children, all the while making a potential reference to QAnon. Followers of the alt-right conspiracy believe in a so-called global elite that has worked against Donald Trump and Republican figures while running a child trafficking ring. Politicizing these numbers because you don't understand them and criminalizing runaways does not help these kids. This is according to John K. Roman, a senior fellow in economics, justice, and society uh, at the University of Chicago. There is a lot to be said about the damage caused by hysteria over stranger attacks. I don't know if it is from a well-intentioned place or a conspiracy theory, he added. But either way, it's a myth that is potentially quite harmful. There's a news station back home where I went to college that was giving a lot of press to these Save the Children motherfuckers. I tried to tell them that there was a QAnon conspiracy and they blocked me on Facebook. This is back before QAnon was as well-known as what it is now. SNL's Chloe Fineman responds to actual clown Lauren Boebert's tweet, calling her a no-name actor. The sketch depicted Lauren Boebert holding a semi-automatic rival while claiming COVID-19 was a fake disease. Chloe Feynman called Lauren Boebert an actual clown after the controversial Republican criticized the comedian's poorly acted sketch on a recent uh, Saturday Night Live episode. The six-minute sketch, which aired on Saturday, mocked Ms. Boebert uh, and politician Marjorie Taylor Greene's pro-gun stance. Both congresswomen were depicted holding semi-automatic rifles while asserting that the coronavirus was a fake disease. Feynman impersonated Ms. Boebert. While a uh, fellow SNL cast member, Cecily Strong, who is a fucking superstar. Uh, she is so amazing. She might like, there is so much fucking talent on that show. God damn. I'm not saying uh, the writers do them justice, but there is a hell of a lot of talent on Saturday Night Live right now. Leslie Strong portrayed Ms. Green in the show's Cold Open, which also parodied Chief Medical Advisor to the U.S., President Dr. Anthony Fauci, and disgraced Cuomo brothers Andrew and Chris. After she watched the skit, Ms. Bobert called Feynman a no-name actor and ridiculed the popular NBC show as well as actor Alec Baldwin. Feynman's still pretty young. She's like 25 or 26. 
On December, she tweeted, on December 12th, she tweeted, seeing the poor trigger discipline from the no-name actress who played me makes me think Alec Baldwin did the gun safety training over there. Oh, she thought, she thought she got a zinger. By the way, when are they moving SNL over to CNN to die out of irrelevance? I think they're more relevant than you are, Bowert. Lyman reportedly shared Miss Bobert's tweet to her Instagram stories and wrote, laughing my ass off. He posted a still from the sketch on her feed and called the congresswoman an actual clown. Loved chicken or fake-ass guns. Quorum. Posted by singer Billie Eilish. She was actually... Uh, I was... Uh, a little skeptical of Billie Eilish hosting because I think they need to leave it to comedic actors and comedians to host Saturday Night Live. But Billie Eilish did all right. Boyer pushes to limit firearms in the Capitol after a gun arrest. House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer on Tuesday asked the Capitol's top security officials for a briefing clarifying rules around lawmakers carrying firearms in the Capitol complex. I'm sure people like Green and Taylor make uh, several members of the caucus very nervous. The request comes at the close of a tense and violent year for Congress which was most recently rocked by last week's arrest of an aide who allegedly carried an unlicensed handgun into the House office building. Capitol Police said Friday it took 12 minutes to track down and arrest the staffer after officers spotted an image of the gun on an x-ray screen. How did they not set off an alarm? Wow. Representative Clyburn is urging the Republican Party to step away from cult worship. Well, I've got fucking bad news for you. Jimmy boy. We've seen January 6th, as you mentioned, Democrats, your colleagues are working to hold the folks involved in that accountable. We've seen and we've discussed the For the People Act, a sweeping democracy reform package. Talk to me about what the country... That, I, that is possible that it was a... To fruition, if you all can't follow through on this, what will the country look like? What will happen? Well, One of those that doesn't have any metal on it. People got nervous back in 2018 when I said... I think it was 2018 when I said that I did not think that um, the then president had any designs on giving up the office. I always felt he was part of some movement to establish. I said it back in like 2015, 2016. I said for sure if he was to take power, he would not leave willingly. If we do not protect the vote, if we don't, get people back to work. If we don't uh, restore faith in science, this country will become 
and autocracy. Well, you know, you could have restored faith in democracy and the vote by, you know, not tipping the scales in favor of Joe Biden. If you all aren't able to deliver on these things. You know, once again, I don't think the whole responsibility for the country rests with Democrats. Yeah, not the country. I think they rest with Republicans and independents. Hey, motherfucker. They are openly fascist. In the silos and think about what's best for this. I was listening to Leona Lewis earlier. I love me some Leona Lewis. uh, For one person, you are teetering on one person rule. That's an autocracy. And what? Why? Why are you teetering? Because the entire party is fascist. That's the Republican Party that my parents were members of. For them to turn the whole party apparatus over to one person means you're no longer a party, but you're now a cult. And you're asking them to step up and save the country. Right-thinking people in this country to step away from cult worship. That's where a lot of people are are headed. Well, we need the right-thinking people in this country to fight the cult worship. Did it kind of like seem like, oh, wasn't well, my responsibility? I've just got power. What am I going to do about these motherfuckers? Holy shit. Content warning on this one. Prince Andrew called New York's Child Victims Act unconstitutional. In a request to throw out a sex assault complaint against him, Prince Andrew made a court filing calling the New York Child Victims Act unconstitutional. His lawyer said that New York's age of consent is 17, while the act covers abuse of those under 18. Filing said that the lack of consent of Virginia Guffrey, his accuser, is therefore unsettled. Prince Andrew's lawyer said in New York law uh, said that a New York law that allows victims of child sex abuse to sue until they turn 55 years old was unconstitutional as they seek to have a sexual assault lawsuit against him thrown out by a judge. The Duke of York cast doubt on whether the New York Child Victims Act was a reasonable measure to address injustice in a Monday court filing seen by Insider. Virginia Gouffray, uh, now 38, who is one of the accusers of the late Jeffrey Epstein, used the law to file a sexual assault claim against Prince Andrew. In the filing disputing Gouffray's uh, accusations, Andrew's lawyers said that while the Child Victims Act allowed survivors to sue for abuses they suffered before they were 18 years old, the age of consent in New York is 17. The issue of consent is unsettled with regard to those like Gouvray, who were between the ages of 17 and 18, the filing said. What a piece of shit! What a piece of shit. And like, I, I had a friend ask me about like an update on the Maxwell trial. Guys, don't be surprised if she walks. 
Like, it's hard to tell just from the reporting in the courtroom. But holy shit. Like, it seems like the prosecution... One was very narrowly focused on only one thing and one thing only, and that was the act of abuse. They did not want to go after any of the financial connections. They wrapped up weeks earlier than they were expected to. So don't be surprised if she gets off, if there's a hung jury, if something fishy fucking happens. I don't want to. I don't want to get into conspiracy theory territories. I don't. I don't think. I don't think Epstein needed any more motivation to kill himself than all he had going on. I find it preposterous that somebody would have went in there and killed him. Do I think that the conditions could have been laid for him to allow him him to kill himself? Yes, that's that's the most likely scenario in my mind. Motherfucker hung himself, but he just so happened to be put in a cell where he wasn't being watched. I think there are some judges in on it. I I think there are like I don't. Power holders is such a a weird way of saying, but I think there are some high-level people involved. This is some fucking bullshit. This was our our chance to find out the financial connections. Let's hope with Prince Andrew we can take this motherfucker down. I know, I don't want to put on a tinfoil hat. I don't want to sound like QAnon. I would be interested to... (laughs) I would be interested to know why you think Scalia was murdered. I mean, the motherfucker was fucking old, wasn't he, at the time? Good. All right, guys, let's uh, let's move on to a different British asshole. So this is a plus size model, Angelina Dubulisa. Apparently she's in a Miley Cyrus video. Uh, I have not seen this video. 
If you were really concerned about people being obese and, and representing... She's getting ready to get questioned by Piers bad. Morgan. You take yourself off the air because you're not exactly slim yourself. Well, right? okay, I'm 220 Piers? pounds and I'm six foot one. Right, you're five foot four and you're three hundred and eighty pounds. So there is a difference. I'm not morbidly obese. Right, but you're still right? fat reason- too. Oh god, this is a Daily Wire video. Fuck me, I thought this was just a raw fo- footage. I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. I would have found a different video then. There's no question about that. But it's it's whether we should be celebrating a body image which is medically defined as highly dangerous. You said we're celebrating. We're saying it's okay. Uh, Some people have fat asses, and that's okay. You're 380 pounds, 27.1 stone, and your BMI is 64. And guess what? The BMI range I would I would totally go on a date with her before I would you, Piers. Up to 24 normal weight, 25 to 29 overweight. This monster is hot. Class 1 obesity, 35 to 39 class 2 obesity, anything over 40 class 3 obesity, which is morbid obesity, i.e. a level of obesity. Here's the, okay, here's the thing. Lead to, to early death. You're Using that to attack somebody is shitty. No, the reason I'm saying it is so that viewers can understand the debate properly. My argument is this, is that when you are that level of morbid obesity, statistically, is it right to put people like yourself into a, a pop video celebrating that kind of weight? And I ask you honestly, to be honest with yourself. We, we've had all this. She exists as a person. People like her exist all over the globe. Having representation in a video is not a bad thing, and nor is it glorifying. It's with Tess Holliday. Uh, she's on the cover. Here's brought up Tess Holliday. There's no mention of it being a dangerous weight. Hey, Daily Wire, just let us, let us hear it. Honestly, if you were really concerned, I don't. I don't know anything about photos being touched up or whatever. Something bad, you would take yourself off the air because you're not exactly slim yourself. Well, right? okay, I'm 220 There's, pounds, and I'm. He should take himself off the air for other reasons. 380 pounds, so because he's a gigantic a piece of shit. Right, but you're still right, I'm fat too. Reasonably you're still fat too. I'm reasonably too. fit. Well, you might think I'm reasonably fat. Okay, they're not seeing me as morbidly obese, right? So I perfectly, you're perfectly entitled to throw the jibes but back at me. But you're still fat. You being less fat than me doesn't make, you know. I'm not in a pop video, am I? Extolling the virtues of my body. You're on TV. You're on TV every day. So you think. Well, was she just dancing in a Miley Cyrus video and now she's getting attacked by Piers Morgan? Me sitting here now, six foot one, 220 pounds. I am reflecting and celebrating a, a, a clinically dangerous level of weight, you think? I think that if you were really concerned about glorifying obesity, you would take yourself off the air. But I'm not obese. Period. It's just a statistical medical fact. You're fat, though. I'm not medical. You, you I'm not be, even, he, probably, he probably does fall in the obese category. This is the point, though. My, my point is, <laughs> okay. with great respect to you, my body mass index is not 64.6, which is 24 above the morbid obesity level. 
So you can so? throw it back at me, and that's okay. fine. I'm, I'm a big boy in many ways, right? That's fine, right? <laughs> Too however, big however I have a serious <laughs> point. I think there is a trend now with Tesla. Depressingly dumb. Of glamorizing. It's not glamorizing. It's letting people know that all body types exist. Why can she not be a model? Dangerous weight to be. Do you accept that? Well, Piers, honestly, I will tell you, I am not healthy. I'm not going to pretend like I am in perfect health. But I am 46 years old, not 36. Okay. I am eight years younger than you and, and don't look my age. I, but the, the health problems I have are more age related than weight related. Okay, I mean, look, I feel the same way, by the way, about the size zero models on catwalks, right? It's not about an anti-fat person thing. And I totally concede that I would like to be a little bit slimmer, a little bit healthier and, fat, uh, and fitter, right? Uh, I get that. Well, why don't we shame you on the air for it then? Yeah, this this is all. This is all. I wish I'd seen just the unedited. Yeah, fuck you, Ben Shapiro. But hey, 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 the ride is all about not blaming others and not shaming others, right? That's what Jordan Peterson says. Don't blame others. Look at yourself. Don't criticize others like Piers Morgan was doing. Look inside. Oh, oh, wait a minute. What's that? Right wingers criticize everybody else all the fucking time. Huh, that's weird. Blaming others for your problems is a complete waste of time. When you do that, you don't learn anything. You can't grow and you can't mature. Thus, you can't make your life better. In my three days... I just saw... I don't know how old it is. I, I've learned it says he is a professor of psychology, so I'm assuming this is rather old because he hasn't been a professor in three or four years now. God, how long has he been around? God, he, he might not have even been around three years. For him to not have been a professor. Oh, fuck. It seemed like he just busted onto the scene. He left the University of Toronto. And then there's like a six-month period where he's like a superstar of the right. And then he gets addicted to benzos. He's in a fucking medically induced coma. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He took a benzo break. But, you know, the right is all about this, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't shame everyone else. You shouldn't, you shouldn't talk about the flaws of other people. You should look inward. But they never seem to take that advice. Toward life and its sorrows. Because here we got, you know, Dr. Benzo giving us advice. Those with the second ask what they could do differently. Imagine a couple on the brink of divorce. They're hurt and angry. If they are on the brink of divorce, then they need to get divorced. Things his wife has done, and the reasons he can no longer live with her. The harried and disillusioned wife, in turn, can describe all the ways her husband let her down. Each has a long list of necessary changes for the other person. As well they should. Their prospects for reconciliation are grim. Why? Because other people aren't the problem. You're the problem. You can't because people grow apart because you should leave a toxic relationship. It takes courage to change and it takes discipline. It's much easier and much more gratifying to your basest desires to blame someone else for your misery. Consider the youthful activist making a statement against the corrupt capitalist system. But that's true. In the storefront of a local business. 
What has he done other than to bring harm to people who have nothing to do with his real problems? No, they do. The guilt, doubt, and shame he will inevitably feel in constant. Let me tell you, the French riot anytime a law is passed that they don't like and shit gets done. Rioting works, and that is why they are trying to propagandize against it. Rioting fucking works. Consequence will have Just saying. So his beliefs can remain unchanged. And that suppression will do nothing but foster his anger and alienation. In the play The Cocktail Party by American-English poet T.S. Eliot, one of the characters is having a very hard time of it. She speaks of her profound unhappiness to her psychiatrist. She tells him that she hopes her suffering is all her own fault. Taken aback, the psychiatrist asks why. Because, she tells him, if it's her fault, she can do something about it. If it's in the nature of the world, however, she's doomed. She can't change everything else. But she could change herself. Now, there are people who seem to be consigned to a terrible fate. But most of us aren't. Also, I want you to notice that a lot of right-wing media is centered around, you know, individuality. Because they don't want you to take collective action against the actual powers that be. The capitalist system. Most of us have a chance to make our lives better. But how? Start small. Ask yourself a few questions. Have you taken full advantage of the opportunities offered to you? All right, let's do some self-reflection. Have I taken full advantage of the opportunities offered to me? Probably not, honestly. Probably not. Are you working to your fullest capacity at school or at work? No, 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 no. Spend a lot of time on the couch because it's a hell of a lot more fun than doing work. Have you, in other words, set your own house in order? If the answer is no, my house is clean. I cleaned earlier today. I ran the dishwasher. Stop. My house is in order. Don't waste time asking how you know that what you're doing is wrong. Inopportune questioning can confuse without enlightening and deflect you from action. You can know something is right or wrong without knowing why. Very clean in my apartment. Do you procrastinate? Show bag of potatoes. Spend money you don't. Sparkles left a bag of potatoes here. You should. There's a bottle of cleaning solution on my table. That's how clean my apartment is. Externally imposed morality. It's a dialogue with your own conscience. What are you doing that's wrong? From your own perspective. Uh, what do you mean by gamer lights? What could you put right? Right now. All my, my lamps are just like, you know, smart light bulbs like Stop Google Home. people. Make peace with your siblings and your parents. I've got, uh... Diligently utilize everything LED you lights. at hand. If you do those things, your life will improve. In the, uh, You'll become more peaceful, productive, window. and desirable. And around the... After some days or weeks... For months of attendance, your mind will clear. Your life will become less tragic, and you'll become more confident. You'll start seeing right from wrong more clearly. Yeah, shut the fuck up. I'm not even paying attention to him anymore. And that string of lights actually it makes a cool, like it's running behind the TV, and it makes like a really cool, uh, like design behind the uh, 
entertainment center. The only thing is, is like I've got so many goddamn wires running everywhere. Like it looks, I I've cleaned it up a little bit. If I really wanted to do cable management and do it right, I would have to rewire everything. And good lord, I don't want to do that. I made her. The reason why she left the bag of potatoes here is because I made I made steak and potatoes on Saturday. She wanted me to go with her to pick up her groceries, and I did, and she got some steaks and some taters. I don't know why she left the whole bag here. So, I would like, I, I, I need to take her son Harry Potter movies, because apparently he likes Harry Potter. It's a Christmas time tradition or some shit. Oh yeah, I've got, I've got everything to do proper cable management, but the thing is, is like, I've had to redo so many things. I've added new shit, blah, 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 blah. I've got so many wires back there. Like, now everything's kind of settled. I've got my... I've got everything the way I want it. I would need to redo it so I could actually properly run the wires and then clean them up and everything. It doesn't look that bad. But, like, if you go behind the TV and look at the floor, it's just like... Nothing but cables covering the, 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 the floor. Because I've got I've got so much shit. Oh, I've got I've got I've got cables running everywhere. I just don't wanna I don't wanna rewire everything. The, okay, oh so the the true, re- if you really want to know the true reason, it's because I have a 5.1 sound system. And I have, so to have a 5.1 sound system, you have to have five different runs of lines. And I didn't label those. I didn't label those. So I can't just unplug them all from the back of my computer. If I could do that, then maybe, maybe I would do and clean the cords up and everything would be fine. But the way it is now, like, I would have to, like, redo everything. Oh, no, I don't have a sound bar. No, I got so many goddamn speakers in this house. My neighbors hate me. Hate me. Uh, Bluetooth speakers, are they suck. They, like, uh, they don't work well. I've never, I've never had Bluetooth speakers that work well. Remember, I'm an audiovisual tech. I'm like, you got, you know, like I've, I've got boards and shit over here. I got all kinds of shit hooked up. I gotta have control. Also, I have like 200 foot of speaker wire. Why do you have four subs? Oh, oh, had to had to ask if you meant subwoofers, make sure you didn't have like like three gimps. Or four gimps. How many how many subs? You said four subs. Make sure you don't have four subs. Yeah, these monitors, like I didn't realize they were gonna be as big as they are. They're, and that's why like my face is always washed out. Because they are gigantic. 
I didn't feel because like I need multiple monitors, right? Because I have with my with my video editing, I need like multiple screens to be able to like, you know, I've got scripts over here, I've got bins of footage over here and shit. Uh So I wasn't concerned with having gigantic screens. But like I got a good deal on them, I guess. I got I got them on sale. I'm okay. I'm not into the BDSM community. I don't know proper terminology. I don't like, don't know anything about that shit. A dom told me that I'd make a good helper one time when we were having a little mini orgy. Apparently, but like you know, the fucking you guys want to slap each other around and shit. That's on you. I'm a lover, not a fighter. I'm gonna be over here getting high. If, if we're doing Molly, I'm gonna be like rubbing my shoulders and shit. Like, ooh. oh yeah, those people like you, like oh you have an owner and stuff. Actually, I have a sound bar in the bedroom. But I only have a... Like, I have a VGA monitor in there that hooks up to my laptop. And I don't ever... I don't ever fucking hang out in the... Because my fucking living room is so cool. I don't ever hang out in the bedroom. If I do hang out in the bedroom, like, lay in bed and listen to something, it's usually on... Like, I'll just use my Google Home. Because for a fucking... Just one little speaker? Oh my god, those things are awesome. Usually it's the middle of the night and I'll sit and listen to a podcast. Yeah, I had a piss pig slide into my DMs on, on Grinder. I'm not like, no, no, I don't like you. No, I don't like you. Like, he was cute too. Until he started talking to me the way he did. I'm like, I'm not into this at all. Well, it was just, it was just a little mini orgy. There was only... Four, four of us involved. It's barely an orgy. I didn't want. I didn't want to. I didn't want to exaggerate. A, a degrade. I don't. I don't know what you mean by degrade. I just. I want like. I had been doing Molly for days and I couldn't get a heart on anymore and the dominatrix I was I was fucking around with, like she she had a, a guy come over and then like he's fucking her and I'm just kinda like, you know, watching and hanging out and helping. But I was still into like the sexual activity, but I've been doing Molly for fucking two days, like just fucking like uh Yeah, I guess a foursome. Yeah, okay. But like, it wasn't like, it was like a... Oh no, I think it forced them like a couple swap. Or, you know, like... When I think orgy, like, I think everybody is involved with everybody. And that's, that's that's the situation we had going on here, you know, you know. No, but nobody was was confined. Like there were there were no couples there or anything. 
It was it was a free flowing. It was a free flowing mix of people. <laughs> oh goddamn. So don't blame yourself according to Jordan P- or don't blame other people. Blame yourself. Look inward, not outward. However, there's a whole aggrievement cottage industry that has sprung up on the right. And there are several comedians that are getting in on apparently what is a lucrative gig. First Jim Brewer, the goat boy. Now we have Chris Catan, Mr. Peepers himself weighing in on cancel culture in a Fox News interview. Now, they they wouldn't actually have him on one of the shows. He's not important enough to have on one of the shows. But they'll give him a a, a digital write-up. Now, I don't know who was trying to cancel Chris Catan. I oftentimes wonder what the fuck ever happened to Chris Catan. So, I don't know how he could be canceled. Saturday Night Live alum is starring in the theater film Hybrid Famous, which exposes the tale of a fictional A-list celebrity, Jason Mast, who must push the boundaries of friendship to reveal the true cost of fame. Written and directed by Michael Leone. Uh, Famous also stars C.J. Valeroy, uh, Brooke Butler, and Josh Fack. The heck? A check? So, still at 51 years old, Catan hasn't forgotten his comedic roots. Before finding fame, he was a member of the Groundlings in Los Angeles. This is just kind of like a fluff piece on Chris Catan. It had a clickbait headline. As for today's cancel culture, here's where we get to the juicy details. Catan admitted he isn't phased by it because he's not a provocative person. Yeah, there's not very much that you could point to about Chris Catan that, you know, would cause controversy. The star noted he relies on self-deprecating humor and focuses more on creating characters than stirring headlines. Well, shit. They they really got me with the clickbait. I write indirect shorts, but it's really family-friendly, he explained. You just need to think about what a family would like because we're all in the same space together. The reality is that right now, everyone has to be careful about what they say or do, but I'm already careful. I naturally don't swear. I say things like, what the frick, or dang it, and darn it. I don't know why. It's just a strange habit. Even my mom was like, you're not so swearing, or you're not swearing so much lately. I know it's weird. Hand noted that comedy has changed over the years, and performers need to be mindful of what works for today's audiences. Holy shit! How, like this piece was nothing, nothing like the headline framed it to be. And Chris Catan sounds like a, a cool dude that I'm still happy that I was wondering where he was the other day. Good on you, Chris Catan. But boy, does the right love exaggeration. Buckle up, because we're getting ready to hear a Christmas carol from a truther. Hashtag awakening, hashtag Australia, hashtag internment camps, hashtag fascism. 
I'll, I've always been a Chris Kattan fan. I feel like he was here not that long ago, like before COVID. And I asked Sparkles if she wanted to go. And I think we were like thinking about it, but like couldn't make it happen or something. I saw Daryl Hammond here. He was really fucking good. I've enjoyed I've I've seen Lisa Lampanelli. I've seen uh, uh, Margaret Cho. Cow. I don't even I don't even remember which way. Everybody made fun of me because I said it wrong, and I don't know which way it's it's, it's pronounced now. But nothing. I named off some fantastic comedians, but nothing is going to make you laugh like this song that you're getting ready to hear. Hope you guys are in the Christmas spirit. It's beginning to look a lot like fascism Everywhere you go Take a look at Australia Locking up aboriginals Just a few more steps to genocide, you know Apparently, Australia is committing a Hitler every couple of days. It's beginning to look a lot like fascism Most of the world is blind But it's never going to end this I told you! I told you that the right- We we have an Australian in the chat I've told you multiple times that the right wing is constantly They just say Australia And you're like, enough said! Australia! Second Amendment! This is where you don't give up your guns! They just create these myths. Well, yeah, but that's every... That's the fucking... The United States does that. Fucking... Canada does that. Fucking all the countries. Yes, I know I said Canada wrong. That's just a thing of the British Empire. But no, no, no. Specifically, you guys are pulling uh, Hitler... Every couple of days down there. This totalitarian trend, as long as you comply. You gave your freedom away for protection. They say that's the oldest trick in the book. But the protection of tyrants and corporate giants is not as safe as it looks. And Google, Facebook, YouTube are now burning all the books. It's beginning to look a lot like fast. They're burning the books. We've seen this all before. But with greater technology and a high-tech technocracy, they'll track and trace you in and out your door. It's beginning to look a lot like fascism And I won't hold my tongue And you may not agree with me But to try and stop my speech Would be a slippery slope I feel like this is a good time to remind people that anyone that is asserting that blah 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 would be a slippery slope is the one committing the slippery slope fallacy. <laughs> she's giving me those she's giving me those eyes right now. I'm not comfortable with it. I don't she wasn't a bad singer, I guess, but fuck. What is she talking about? The only example that she gave The only supporting evidence in her 
rundown there was the existence of Australia and the monopolistic entity spawned by capitalism, Big Tech and Big Pharma. I'm down. Lock Trump up at Gitmo. Free everybody that's in Gitmo. Lock Trump up in Gitmo. Let him have his. He can have the whole thing to himself. Put him there. I'm down with it. All right. Last night we talked about the time person of the year. It was Elon Musk. Musk saw a backlash, and I agree with the internet. Dolly Parton should have been named the person of the year over Elon Musk. A country icon and a living angel. In a year that saw the iconic country star donate $1 million to the COVID-19 vaccine research, time somehow failed to give Parton the top spot on its annual list. Though Parton was among the list of 100 people named by the magazine for their influence over the past 12 months, fans were disappointed that the legendary musician lost out to billionaire tech mogul Elon Musk. One fan wrote, Of course, Dolly Parton should have been Time's Person of the Year. This year, she funded research that led to the COVID vaccine, but every year she gives millions of free books to kids around the world, over 100 million books so far. She should be Person of the Year every year. Dolly is indeed the best. I went to college in East Tennessee. She is known as a fucking saint where I'm from. She also did like a a Playboy bunny outfit for her husband. It was incredibly wholesome. In my universe, Dolly Parton is Time's Person of the Year. But now, as many people have pointed out... If you go and look through the person of the year, it is very, very unsavory characters most years, so Elon kind of fits right in. Even I, I, in 2006, I was Time Magazine's person of the year. So, that tells you what kind of unsavory characters they put on their cover. Uh... Dollywood is in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And it is the largest employer in Sevierville. She does a lot for the local community. It's a very impoverished community. What was a fake ad? I don't know. Does everybody in the chat agree Dolly should have been person of the year? What was a fake ad? I'm so... I'm so... Did I get taken by something? Oh, yeah, yeah. Dolly... Uh, Dolly Woods in Pigeon Forge, not Gatlinburg. Thank you, Battle of Possum. Pigeon Forge is right outside of Gatlinburg. Gatlinburg is like the... the like, city proper... It is very quaint. You can go rent you a cabin in Gatlinburg. It is awesome. In the Great Smoky Mountains. Oh, Trump's fake time cover. 
Did I say Trump? No, I said I was Times Person of the Year in 2006. It was the year that they... And praise her name on high. Goddamn right. She like she is too good for this world. All right, it's time. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You guys were having a conversation that had nothing to do with me. I thought I was getting called out on something. I like to be called out. I like to be correct when I, I say shit. That's why I came to a halt there to make sure everything was kosher. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm multitasking over here. You guys do a good job holding down the fort. I appreciate it. Check out this cat hanging out with a cardboard version of itself. I don't think it knows what to think. (laughs) Oh, he's doing that sideways walk. He's got it really fogged up. That cat doesn't know what to do. Look at that baby. All right, if you're watching on Twitch tonight, uh, we're not going to do politics. I'm going to I'm going to send you over to one of my favorite non-political channels. You got you got to vote. You guys can leave, but you got to vote. You got to vote before you leave. I do encourage you to go check out Echoplex Media Down Ballots coming on in about like less than an hour. Don't leave without voting. When I send you guys over to the channel we're getting ready to raid. Goat versus fish. Cast your vote. You vote for goat? Or do you vote for fish? Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freegan. We will see you tomorrow night. On the Troll Patrol, live. Just freaking trading with the verses of seven. Just trading verses with the freaking of seven. A freaking freaking seven. A freaking seven raid. It's a raid of freaking seven. Hey, you freaking seven. Hey, you freaking seven. Seven on the seventh. Go versus fish on the seventh. On the just friggin' seventh verse of goldfish, the goldfish gave to me a just friggin' raid. Six goat and fish, goat versus fish. A four goat and fish, three goat fish, two goat and fish, and a goat versus a fish.
just freaking, just freaking. Just freaking, reading with seven. Just freaking, reading with seven. Goat of the land and the fish of the sea. Goat and fish in unity. Hamburger for one twos on the fence. Hamburger for one twos on the fence. Are you just freaking goat? Are you just freaking fish? Are you goat? Are you fish? Devil Asprat. Just thank you for following goat versus fish. Captain Caveman. Thank you for following goat versus fish. I'm so honored to be serenaded. Uh, just, just in freaking so honored to be serenaded. Fish burn. 